This meeting is being recorded. What the fuck? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast hosted by Northern Nerds. I'm one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm another host, Paul. And we are joined by Team Podcasts, uh, Grant and the lovely Kelly this week. Uh, Kelly's doing her best impression of the of uh, the, the little lass from The Incredibles. Um, <laughs> really do look like a man. <laughs> She's just smiling. <laughs> Capes are out. No capes for us. No. <laughs> but yes, uh, this week's podcast, we are, uh, I would say, probably driving ourselves crazy a little bit um, with yeah. having to try to get work out how this one was going to play because I never thought this would be as difficult as it has been. I've it's... chopped and Sorry. changed and I'm trying to think. Because as soon as Grant told us we couldn't pick greatest hits, I was fucked. <laughs> oh, I didn't realise that was an option, but I did, like, it wasn't an option. Um, I've been exactly the same because I've been listening to what I deem as my favourite albums, like, right, top five right there. And then I think of another one and I was playing that one and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, man. So it's been a hard one, but I have, like, no, so I'm ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> but yes, um... I think this one as well, because we are all around about the same age, so we might have a few cross... I know Grant's... I'm not going to try and work out nah. where Grant's inspiration is going to go from. What I wanted to do as well, just just to annoy Sam a little bit, because I've got mm. this to do, yeah? Um, like, see, a nice little Jason. So I want to do this in front of on live. No. I'm just going to drive her crazy. Oh, out of the box now. Out of the box. So, yes. So, sorry, I just, I just, I just thought that would be... Why would you do that? <laughs> Like, I understand you do it, but why would you show us it? Oh. So I just wanted to see the reaction, really. That was the fun side. You want to but, see me cry. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Oh, gosh. Right, I'm going to get the disclaimer out of the way so we can move on, because I'm really interested to hear your grants. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> Always single me out. Because you, you are such an interesting person, Grant. That's why. <laughs> Interesting means she wants to <laughs> Interesting means she wants to touch him. <laughs> Take it as a fucking compliment. <laughs> right. Everything discussed <laughs> Everything discussed in tonight's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you want to discuss any topic from tonight's episode, please come and join us on the Facebook group and we can have an open discussion. What we won't have is anyone come for us, tell us our opinions are wrong, or we can agree to disagree in fandom, so keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of Nerdism. Yes, well done. And I have to admit, it's fucking warm today as well. So Isn't I, I, it? So you're going to see a fat lad sweat today. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Yes. Who's going first? Who's who's going first? I'm so well, excited. Well, to be fair, you've bigged them up so much, so we're going to have to give him Grantley's first first goal. <laughs> Grant. You know what it is, you were talking about how difficult it was before. And on, you could line my family up and ask me to kill five of them and the choice would have been easier than the <laughs> top five albums. <laughs> Fuck, I ne- nearly had a stroke trying to narrow this down because it's just... I'm so music for, mu- music for mood. You yeah. know what I mean? Like my What I listen to changes depending on whether it's sunny, whether it's raining, whether I'm mm-hmm. in a good mood, whether I'm in a bad mood. So... I've kind of gone down the lines more of like, I don't know if they're maybe my favourite albums, but they're definitely like the albums of it that have impacted me. 
mm-hmm. the most. And because I'm so musically driven, I thought that is probably where me top five is going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get one out of the way first, simply because I'm really, really worried that Kelly might have picked this one as well. <laughs> and I want to make sure that I get it in there first. Um, <laughs> it's an album from 1971. Um, it was quite a like a drastic turn compared to the album that had been released before it, uh, which was the fourth studio album um, that this artist had released. And the album I'm talking about is Hunky Dory by David Bowie. Ah, going to... cool. No Very good choice. No choice. Me, not, not mine, no, not on the line. There you go. Not a, um, a, I've got no Bowie in mine as well, so it's going to be yeah. interesting. Uh, this album was one of the first albums that I got a hold of on vinyl when mm. I first started collecting when I was about, I don't know, 14 mm-hmm. years old, something like that. Um, and it just absolutely blew me away because it's to me a really good definition of emotional simplicity. Um, you know, prior to this with a man who sold the world, um, yeah. Bowie was very ele- electrically driven mm-hmm. um, in some parts, you know, especially for the time, obviously, you know, before the days of what you would consider modern heavy mm-hmm. metal, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But he was using a lot of distortion. He was using, you know, he was pushing his voice quite a bit, you know, with obviously pushing and pushing and pushing your voice has become more and more common, shall we say, in heavy music as the years have uh, progressed. But with chain, uh, with uh, Hunky Dory, he took um, a massive swerve. Um, you know, he stopped writing on a guitar and started writing on a piano instead. And what you ended up with was this beautifully kind of delicate set of almost rock lullabies um, that he came out with that just, like I say, it, it absolutely blew me away. You know what I mean? You've got... Um, yeah, obviously the the reworking of changes on there, which is probably one of his most favourite uh, mm. songs of all time. Um, you got Life on Mars, yeah, on there Beautiful. as well. Absolutely again, stunning. One that you know, I'm sure if you haven't heard Life on Mars by David Bowie, just well, get, in the bin. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, get in the bin. Get in the bin. But then you've got you know you've got weird stuff. <laughs> Sorry, what does Kelly say? I've oh, lost Kelly now. I think she's oh. frozen on me again. No, she's blinking. I can see her oh. blinking. <laughs> <laughs> You're okay, um, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, like I say, it it just um... yeah, just the, the sound is a bit there. Sorry, it's okay, love. We'll yeah, get I'm just through it. Track listing up here. Just uh, Life on Mars. It's like say, it's one of them. It's iconic. It, mm. You. It's one of the songs where you hear the song title and it instantly plays in your head and there's not many tracks that do that in, like as, as well. Um, but like Life on Mars, just it, it's instant Bowie. That's the only way I can describe it. Totally. Absolutely. I mean, my favourite track on the album, probably one of the most lesser known ones as well, it's actually the last track on the album called The Bewley Brothers. Mm. Um, which starts off, you know, very delicate, very um, a lot of piano and what have you. But the way that it it fades out, he suddenly starts throwing in all of these weird, random uh, kind of vocal effects towards the end and overlapping his voice with all you know weird little kind of you know oh we were gone, we mm. were gone, we were gone, we were gone. We were in a, the entire album just fades out like that after what is a really, really sort of beautifully put together song. Um, 
you know, there's there's derivation on there. Um, mm. But it, it's weird. It's my top five album that I would struggle to give much of a description of because it is just mm-hmm. amazing for me. <laughs> it really, really is. <laughs> Some, sometimes you really can't put the words together because it it's too overwhelming for you to put into words the emotion that it brings out and yeah only you will understand that absolutely and took the words right out of my mouth it does even now some what 10 years after i first discovered it <laughs> no like 20 what was 40 was 26 it. years <laughs> you, were, you were pushing at their mind um yeah every time i listen to this album it it gives me goosebumps. Every song gives me chills mm-hmm. for different reasons and different mm-hmm. emotions and different kind of thoughts yeah. that it brings up. I just, I adore it. I love it. Cool. Did you say you got the track list in there as well? I would be interested to see like the full track list in for it. I do. So the tra- uh, track list and you've got uh, side one because um, mm. we're talking oh, about it. I remember side um, one, side two, yeah. <laughs> you've got changes on there. Yeah. Um, mm. Uh, then you've got uh, All You Pretty Things, uh, mm-hmm. which is another quite sort of upbeat, kind of up-tempo, sort of happy song. It's got a, a nice bounce to it. Um, mm-hmm. Eight-line poem and Life on Mars both mm-hmm. kind of bring it down a little bit. They're a little bit calmer, a little bit more mellow, um, mm-hmm. a little bit more kind of classically put together. And mm-hmm. Kooks and Quicksands, went off that side, are both just the kind of upbeat, almost kind of drug-induced um, acoustic hallucinations that you you get out of it. They're just kind of mad songs. Um, second side, again, nice and upbeat to begin with. You've got Fill Your Heart With Love. Fill mm-hmm. Your Heart With Love Today. <laughs> um, a couple of dedication songs, because uh, you've got a song called Andy Warhol and then mm-hmm. a song called A Song For Bob Dylan, um, yeah. both of which are straight out tributes to the artists. Um, mm-hmm. Queen Bitch. After that, which is the only electrically driven uh, track on the album, I think it's the only time you hear an, an electric guitar, or at <clears> least <throat> a, a conventionally distorted electric guitar on there. It's got almost a punk kind of feel to it. You can tell he was rocking around with Iggy Pop, um, <clears> you know, <throat> taking loads of acid and getting, oh, you know, let's have a little bit of that. And then, <laughs> like I said, final track on the album, The Beauty Brothers, is one of the most beautifully put together songs I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm probably going to say that a lot because I've got some blinders <laughs> to throw at you. Um, yeah. And each one does have one track that just mm. absolutely floors me with the songwriting capability. Yeah, I remember when, uh, like, say, many, 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 many years, years ago, we used to sit and drink in the borough pretty much every night of the week. Like, me, you, Kev Dickinson, Terry, and a few others, just used to sit and play, like, the jukebox and some of the eclectic and stuff we used to pick out. Things that you walked in, like, because it was never a, technically a rock bar, but it was, in a way. Um, but... And some of the songs we heard, like, see, you would never, th- like, picture, like, if you look at Grant in the street, you would never picture him liking certain things. Mm-hmm. That's why I was so interested to hear, like, the, Me the different tastes have come out, uh, especially Kelly as well. I think we're going to get some mad shit from Kelly as well. But, <laughs> <laughs> but just, if I say, these type of conversations as well kind of just takes us back to that time because yeah. it was absolutely brilliant. Like, And anyone who knows Kev Dickinson as well, you know what a varied musical choice and taste he had. So anything from Right Said Fred to, like, say, 
uh, Alison Chains used to get put on the jukebox and stuff. It was always hilarious, and we had such a blast. Though it was always, it was probably one of the best times of my life. I'm not going to lie. Oh, mm. well, that's so sweet. Can I just apologise in advance for my camera? It's doing me tits in. I will sort it out. The jumping around's doing me head in. So I apologise for people watching on YouTube. I'm sorry. Sorry, I think it's work. pretty cool. It's like the rings kicking in and you're just going <laughs> to crawl out and just kind of be like, It's <laughs> awesome when you're doing a horror one or like something intense that like really adds to the atmosphere. But right now it's really doing me head in. Don't worry, you're, just, you get, you're getting Martin excited. It's fine. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so great first pick there, uh, Grant. So we'll move on to the, the fabulous and eclectic Kelly, shall we? <laughs> Is she there? Is she here? Hello, I'm having a little... Yeah, I'm having a little bit of audio issue because sometimes it's like, (laughs) just like you're doing right now. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's all right. Okay, Um, I'll go for my first pick. If you can't hear, let me know. Um, So, one notice when I was picking lines, I I know I did for the charity, like, Five albums that you know changed your life sort of thing but I found this quite difficult because I didn't want to use any of the ones that I used previous and um, so I basically chose top five albums that I listened to almost on a, a kind of wee base my go-to albums um so can you hear me I'm really like aware hello no, no, we can hear you. We, we just don't want, to, we want to interrupt because it's, it's no. it is breaking up a tiny bit at times. Yeah, so we just want to make sure you've got a continuous flow, love. You're good, though. Oh, bless her. Lovely, lovely. So the first one, the first one um, was uh, brought out in 2003. Um, it was at one point one of my favourite bands. And I pretty much modelled myself for nearly a decade on uh, its lead singer. Um, and the album is Fever to Tell by the Yeah Yeah Yes. Oh wow! It's been a while since I've heard them. Yeah. Oh yes, I've just got memories of watching um, music TV when I was there. Uh, I used to have a babysitting job when I was fourteen, and I watched the video for the single Pin, which is mm. basically goth ragdoll animation, mechanical acupuncture. Cuddles with a beetle, and then everyone's pinned in a frame. <laughs> Absolutely crazy sort of stuff. Um, and it just really stuck with me. Um, I know it's, um, was it the AAS Doctors, um, New York Art Punk, um, and front woman Karen Orr is totally known for like. I can't hear you lot. I can only hear you. Sweetheart, we're listening to you. No, we're listening (laughs) to you. (laughs) It's okay. Don't worry. We can hear you. (laughs) So just a fun woman who's just known for her avant-garde dress and unhidden stage antics. One of uh, part of her tour for the Fever to Tell album. She jumped off the stage and sat like a monitor landed on her head. Wow. Had to be like taking the fight. <laughs> Bloody hell! <laughs> um, I remember. Um, yes, it was. Uh, yeah, fucking bad crap. Like, <laughs> 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 to to, um, to, yeah, was like, fucking check you out, bitch. Um, but I just wanted to like talk about 
few songs. Um, Max is mm-hmm. possibly the most commercial hit they had from the album itself. Um, they didn't want to release it as a single, mm-hmm. um, but they said, oh, give it a go. And it actually tripled the album sales. They lost out on a Grammy for this album. Right. Um, to the White Stripes as Elephant, which is oh, an epic album in itself. Yeah. So close, you know, that, I mean, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so is Max. Then they followed it up with a single White Control, which was just like totally the other spectrum. Uh, Spike Jones um, filmed it, and I do believe Karen on him had a little bit of a dalliance. <laughs> and it's this really disturbing video of these gore-crazed children mm-hmm. cut each other's hands off and like guard acker with like axes and shit <laughs> in a grimy basement and it was just like when it was on um mtv or whatever the, the crap was back then i had to like blush it out because i found that that disturbing but you've got like other songs with a night black tongue, just mm-hmm. it was, they did have an EP called Card Master, which was all right, but this was their, their debut and it was just absolutely epic. I had the absolute joy to see the festival for the Gold Lion Software, and I was dressed in juju and um, trousers covered in dolls' heads. Do you know those um tin foil blankets that you wore? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wore it as a cake. Cause he did. <laughs> <laughs> now Cause we now did. we now we need to see you wearing a cape now, Kelly. That's, oh that's, yeah, that's, it's gone from neck curtain to cape. So we're evolving. Yeah. It's the evolving all uh, evolution of Kelly. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to this day, I've got a soft spot for Cameron on the yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I wouldn't. Now, I don't think I'd go and see them again. Always go back to Fever to Tell, like on a regular basis, mm-hmm. because it's just so, uh, just so raw, just so raw and, and mm-hmm. uh, just clingy clangy, jiggly jangly. Oh, uh, fucking love it. Her voice, her voice is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So that is my first pick. Very good pick. Good Very good pick. pick. So um, don't worry. If we're going quiet, we're just listening. To, we're hearing what you're saying. So don't worry, mm-hmm. Kelly. We're just uh, listening to you, love. It's all. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god! I just, you know, when you're just talking to an empty phone line, I was like, shit. <laughs> you definitely, shit. you're definitely not doing oh my that. God. <laughs> I, do, I do it every day. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> so move, move on to the lovely lady, co-host of the podcast, Sammy. So you're not going last. We'll let you go next. Oh wow. <laughs> I'm going to get my first one out of the way with um, this one out of the way with because I have I have mentioned it before, possibly when we talked on the charity podcast and any other time that we've talked about music it's always come up and it'll always be in my top whatever when it comes to music. Um, it's from 1999 and it's Slipknot's first album because it's amazing. Absolutely. Like, I'm going to do what Grant, what Grant said earlier. I just can't explain how fucking good it is because of what it actually means to me. When I am having the worst day, it's the one album I want to listen to in its entirety. 
and not say a goddamn word while it's on and just listen to it. It clears my head, which is very, very strange to say about a Slipknot album. But it does. It gives me head a good clear out. And I could have quite honestly picked any Slipknot album because uh, they're all I, I, like they're my favorite band. Like I absolutely love them. And I'm like adoring Iowa at the moment. Um, but this first one is the one that really hit home to where I actually listened to what they were saying. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it can just come across as noise. Yeah, and I and I get it because it is. But if you actually listen to what Corey's saying, it's quite poignant and it quite mm-hmm. like hits the spot. And mm-hmm. the first album will always do that for us. I just remember um, when I first started getting into heavy music, my friend had made this tape, and I was like, I do not want Slipknot on there. I don't want that shit on my tape. A tape, Aww. by the way. And he uh, he ended up doing what I wanted, and then put it right at the end. Mm. And he put Wait and Bleed on at the end, and then he put Sick on as well. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh. When you hear his voice, when he actually, like, because I know, like I say, that's not the point in Slipster, but because I know when Corey Taylor does his own stuff, when you hear his voice, he's got an absolutely lovely tone and, like, red velvet when he sings. Yeah. But it's it's more about the feeling than how you're feeling. But sorry to interrupt you, because you're speaking absolutely wonderfully there, Sam. But I'm getting shit in the chat for being nice to you now. So Charlotte and... Goodwill, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And I just have this, guys. Like, come on. How many episodes are we in now? Like, let us have this one, dickheads. (laughs) Um, I have had the pleasure of seeing Slipknot and Corey Taylor separately. Um, And we will actually, if you want to, we could go and meet him when we go to full of a horror in October I put honestly like the list there I could pick on like to go and see but if I had to pay hard money like hard good money it would be for Corey because and I'd take um one of his books because he's mm-hmm. honestly the man just he saves my life every time he does something like any literature he brings out anytime he does an interview anytime he speaks or sings he's just he saves us and I love him so much and um, so, and I could honestly quite, quite easily could have picked any Stone Sour, any of actually Corey's new band that he's got out at the moment. Um, but Slipknot number one, I'd be doing myself a disservice and completely lying to myself. It is my favourite album of all time. Nothing will top it. Yes, very, very good start. So, um, yes, Goodwill, I do want to see you and Martin wrestling in a, in a bath of KY jelly. I think it'll be hilarious. Uh, sorry, that was just mentioned in the chat there. Um, no, I'll soften that. Love <laughs> <laughs> it, boys. When I do my initials, it's KY, and when I say people like drugs, I'm like, Maybe. KY jelly. <laughs> so, 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 so Kelly has to be the referee. <laughs> But um, yeah, so we're going to get a trip down, um, like, because we have done it, because as I said before, I found this hugely difficult, like, because modern music and me just don't mix. I'm very uh, old school, eclectic. But uh, basically, how how do you pick your top five favourite albums? Because Grant says it it depends on your mood. So I've went down memory lane. So Mm -hmm. I started on my first album that I kind of remember listening to. me as a young uh, young lad uh, being obsessed with an album, then me teenage years, and then to me, like, say, a little bit of adult years. So we're going to start off with, my again, my first ever LP, 
um, which I stole off my mum. Oh, I thought you were going to say someone else there. I stole from a shop. (laughs) Stole from my mum. I'm from from Riot, but I'm not that bad. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) It was my mum. Well, my dad was a big... um, I shouldn't really say a Gary Glitter fan, but my mum was a huge uh, Beatles fan. Um, so it wasn't any of the Beatles albums. It was John Lennon's Imagine. And that album was the first LP I, I had and like really like listened to. You know, I know when you hear music, but when you sit and listen to it, mm-hmm. an album. It's such like, a different experience. And from like from start to finish as a kid... And I remember telling me one of my school teachers that I'd been listening to as well. And she was like, oh, do you have the LP? I was like, oh, yeah. So she made us bring it in to show them. My mum was terrified because, like I say, it was an original. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just, all she wanted to do was to tape it. <laughs> so she, she, so uh, piracy back in the day, the school teacher pirated. Oh, my God, don't you have not been going for how long? Just basically put it on the record player and done it on a tape deck, like side one and side two. But, like, the songs on this album as well, like say, well, Imagine is just like, again, listen to the words and stuff. It's very of the time and very idealistic, but it's just such a lovely toner as well. Like I love one of my favorite songs in that album as well is Jealous Sky. Um, just like the tone and like everyone goes through that type of emotions as well. And it's like so honest. And I don't think, like, I know John Lennon gets his credit for his songwriting and stuff like that, but it's so honest, this album. And even if you're not a fan of the Beatles or a fan of, like, say, the writing style and stuff, mm-hmm. it's just, like, say, listen from start to finish. You could you go on a journey through the album. And as I said, like, the first track is album, Jealous Guy, um, I Don't Want to Be a Soldier, Oh My Love, How, um, It's So Hard, Crippled Inside, Give Me Some Truth, and How Do You Sleep, and Oh Yoko. We'll not talk about that one. But, uh... <laughs> Leave yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't help but smile just because it takes us back to that time when my mum first put like got the needle down and said listen to this and um you couldn't even it wasn't at the time when you could skip tracks as well so when you listen to an album you had to listen to the full album yeah you had no choice <laughs> yeah so so that was my first pick um That's I know awesome. not really much to talk about it just like say I remember how it made us feel of that yeah. time and uh, and how special it was Sometimes it's difficult to put, yeah, it's sometimes really difficult to put it into words how you mm-hmm. take music because it's your experience. And no, you can't portray it to somebody else because they're mm-hmm. not They're going to have a completely different experience. So these could be kept short and sweet because you just, you're expressing your love for it and just hoping mm-hmm. that someone might go, oh, yeah, yeah I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but me and my friend were talking the other day and saying that, Top five albums, top, yeah, I could list you top five favorite albums, not a problem. But if you asked us to do a list of top five albums you could only ever listen to for the rest of your life, <laughs> that's a kick in the teeth. And we were talking a... about this earlier on, and she was like, that actually gives me anxiety thinking <laughs> about having to pick only five albums to listen to for the rest of my life. Because mm-hmm. yeah, your list would be totally different. Your list would be totally different. Hundred mm-hmm, percent. So yeah, so that's my first one. So we are going to go on a bit of journey with mine. So have have fun. <laughs> I'm strapped in. Let's go. Go. So back to Grant. Cool. So second one. Um, I, just going back to what Sammy said there quickly. I think that's kind of where I have gone with my five. Is that it is very much like a like an old school desert island discs 
mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because to me, my top five albums would be the top five albums that I will never, ever get sick of listening, like not one single track. Mm-hmm. Um, sticking with the 70s, um, Paul mentioned a little bit of a, a glam rock name there before. I'm not choosing Gary Glitter. Oh, my gosh. I, um... <laughs> I was like, where are we going? <laughs> 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 well, you'd be fucked if I did, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> that mute button would be coming out so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, his influence for writing this track was <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Yeah, looking back at it, that's not a gang anybody really wanted to be in, is it? No, nope. um, but no, I am sticking with glam rock um, with probably one of the most pivotal glam rock albums that was ever released. Um, I mentioned before about picking up Hunky Dory as like one of the first albums that I bought on vinyl. This was too. Um, it's the second album by the band in question re- released in September 1971 um, with a single track that pretty much everybody is aware of called Get It On. Yeah. Um, it's Electric Warrior by T-Rex. Yes. Oh, what an album. Um, wow. Much the same kind of vibe um, that came to me with Hunky Dory is that you've got this beautiful mix of styles and influences and production techniques and even down to kind of the the different types of instruments that are being used for the back end, the different effects that Boland's got on his voice. Um, and it takes much the same as what Paul said there before, it takes you on a journey. Mm-hmm. This album, you know, you've got these uh, beautiful kind of delicate tracks like um, Mambo Sun and Cosmic Dancer and Planet Queen um, and Lights of Gas that are just, the, it's like floating gently on a river through like, you know, like the like you'd get them in the water parks, like the lazy river where oh, the lazy you just river, lie yeah. there and attire and the sun shining and birds are chirping and everything <laughs> is at peace. And then every once in a while it'll kick it right up with something like Jeepster or Monolith or um Rip Off or Get It On, where all of a sudden you've got this crunchy little electric guitar going on mm-hmm. in the background and everything's bouncing and the tempo's jumped up by about 30 or 40 BPM <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, who doesn't hear Get It On and think... <laughs> Yes, I really want to fuck something right now. You know, that, that, <laughs> it oh is one God, of the most sexy. I hate to agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> and as Sam, I was look, expecting I, to be, she's she getting hot. <laughs> Sam looks, looks at the camera going high ground. <laughs> no, I'm wow. not actually. I'm quite. I'm the only thing that's hot is because it's absolutely bastard boiling in this room. Um, God. The heat on this blind is killing it's ridiculous. me. Ridiculous. Because I've got the sun right on it. And it's me. I have only started to appreciate them now. It's the same with Fleetwood Mac. And I really I'm just like starting to appreciate them now. I wish I wish I could go back a few years, but mm. hey, you gotta start sometime. <laughs> True. There's no there's no wrong time to find something. It's all everything's mm-hmm. there to be discovered. It's mm-hmm. just like I say, it's when you it's if you enjoy it, you enjoy it when you like it. So yeah. there's no no shame or no hate about like some people like say discovered Michael Jackson late on like say mm-hmm. I had someone I went to like when I was working with the other last year talking about films and then never seen Ghostbusters I wanted to punch him in his face oh but, my god yeah <laughs> but still there was no judgment there but then I have no room to talk when it comes to movies so yeah I would have just sat back down 
I really appreciate the love for T-Rex. Like it really um, kind of influenced my burlesque routines and stuff. I did a few uh, routines with T-Rex songs. So including uh, the, the girl for ring. <laughs> <laughs> One of your personal favorites, Grant. I lost Kelly Dan. Mm. No, Boland's another one of those vocalists that had such a... It wasn't even a case of his, his vocal range that mm. was um, particularly great. I think he's only sitting at about three and a half octaves or something like that, which, you know, we want to go into the, you know, the geekiness regarding vocalists. There's a good few out there that have more of a vocal range than him, but his variation in tone mm-hmm. from, you know, these kind of beautiful, delicate... Um, sort of effeminate sounding and kind of like a you know effeminately worded and effem- effeminately phrased songs on stuff like Cosmic Dancer and Mambo Sun, where it, you know the, there's almost like a like a seductive starlet kind of drawl to the way that he kind of slurs the words out, and then you know get it on. There's you know there's a bit of grit in there. Again, we're talking 1971. You know you didn't have Cannibal Corpse running around. Good. No. <laughs> You did not. You know, the, the yeah. grit that these guys had back then was still comparatively quite a bit of grit, and he, he knew how to put that that anger behind it. But when he didn't want to be angry, much the same as Corey Taylor, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's, you know, yeah, Corey absolutely. Taylor, when he wants to sound beautiful, the man's mm. voice is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And when he wants to sound like a dustbin full of bricks, yeah. he can sound like a dustbin full of bricks. Yeah. Um, you know, Boland was like a 70s equivalent, if you will. No, I, I totally get it. Totally get it. And I think it took Corey a really long time to do that, to show that beautiful side. Because like, in Iowa, there's like some moments where he, he sings and then he just stands back to sound and like, he's chewing on bricks. Um, but Bolin, it's almost... Do you know when someone describes something like Velvet, all these voices like Velvet? Well, it's kind of yeah. like Velvet, but with a bit of a rough edge to it. Like, yeah. I, can't, I can't describe it because for me, he, just, he sounds completely effortless it was one of the original like i know it sounds weird but the original uh bad boys of like music as well oh, he, oh yeah <laughs> he was like a wronging but a wronging in the right way he <laughs> <laughs> would have been what... a total wronging at the time like uh, yeah. the mothers would have hated him because you could just imagine <laughs> the teenagers in the 70s dressing like him yes. <laughs> they would have yes. been really angry <laughs> Uh, it was probably all our mother's uh, cup of tea back then, so that was probably the bad thing. And, uh, our our mums have probably fantasised over Mark Wallen. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say my mum, I don't think. Uh, don't think T-Rex was, was, was her. Oh, can we talk about your mum? You know, I was talking about my mum. <laughs> oh, bless her. Hi, hi, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Weatherall. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> not my surname. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's no, she was into like ACDC and she was like a proper like had her own motorbike at the age of like 16, 17 and listened to her hard rock. So, yeah, she might have. I don't know. I have to ask her. <laughs> Sorry. So, no, it's fine. Um, I'll, 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 I'll text her, don't it work? Don't know what I'm laughing at. <laughs> So moving on to Kelly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Move on. Oh, uh, I really talking about that T Rex chat. 
Uh, right, I've kind of just realised that three of my albums are from 2003. Must have been a good year. Um, so this album is, yeah, I know. So this album is by a band called The Postal Service, and the album is called Give Up. A lot of people I... might not be um, familiar with <laughs> No, I absolutely hate this. them. <laughs> oh, well. Ant yeah. listens oh, to them. Oh, my God. They're on Ant's as ever since I've been with them for 15 years, their songs have haunted me. I hate them, Kelly. I'm sorry. They're awful. <laughs> it's awful. I can oh, hear the song in my head I'm now. So we'll find out why Sam hates it. Let's find out why Kelly loves it. Exactly. <laughs> Go for it, love. I remember, <laughs> I can't fucking believe this. <laughs> I remember um, I was introduced to this band by a friend. I made, I made a friend on a Feel Well Music chat room back in the day when chat rooms like, you know, in. And uh, he's actually with um, the guys on the Nerdy Up North group. He uh, lives in New Zealand now. Um, and I invite him to the group meeting party uh, regularly. Um, my, my mate Dave who I'm still in contact with, and he sent me a, an acoustic version of the song, We Will Become Silhouettes. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was bloody tremendous. It was heartbreak within the backdrop of a nuclear holocaust. I mean, what's not to like about that? And wow. I was like, what? And it's just like, the, the the lyrics are just full of whimsy. It's just like, it starts off, I've got a cupboard with cans of food, filtered water and pictures of you. And I'm not coming out until this is all over. <laughs> it's just, it's just so bizarre. <laughs> and it like details what happens when you go outside. You'll breathe in, and then like you explode. It's just, it's just great, you know. But it's just so like poetic and poignant and that. But it's talking about exploding humans. And um, I would dub this synth pop loveliness. I do like my synthy shit. Yeah. Um, I love the beep-ups, the beep-boops, because it's very reminiscent of an old school Game Boy. <laughs> I, just feel I totally like get what you like... mean. Kelly, next time um, we'll have a meet-up with you, please dress up as R2-D2 and do that impression. <laughs> right, right, I need to drop this in right now, okay? I'm planning to dress up for my son's Star Wars birthday party, right? And Adam says I'm small enough to be R2-D2, so I need to get some boxes. It's getting a bin. Uh, Just getting a bin. <laughs> oh, my God. Can get in the bin. Can you remember them old black bins we used to get? That like the, the like almost rubbery. That would have been perfect. Oh, get in the bin, Kelly. <laughs> 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 but um as I say, I mean I love this album um because as I, I just I've got a thing for beat boops. Actually it's just something that really like gets it all. Um there's some beautiful songs um that I would say uh, District Sleeps Alone Tonight. Um and it's just uh, was it I'm staring at the asphalt wondering what's buried under me where I am. Just like so like just little things where you just everyday things walk down the street to you realize what's underneath the ground whether it be you know fossilized creatures or you know a dead body under that you're it just makes you think you know um you've all got a song um 
that I actually heard before covered by Iron and Wine and it's called Straight Heights but it was actually initially done by the Postal Service and one of the lyrics absolutely melts me away and it's like um, I think that it's a sign with the freckles in our eyes and red images and when we kiss they're perfectly aligned. Oh, that was really nice. Beautiful. I like that. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. And like seeing that little pieces as well, that just fits. I'm like, oh, oh. It's definitely not what I was expecting. But, um, I, I'm, yeah, still, I, I'm still like waiting. I'm, I'm still waiting for the use of the soundbite one day of, of Kelly Sharon. I'm fucking Stevie Nicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's for one. I can't believe there's visual evidence of that in the absolute anger and 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 just the visceral sort of like fucking. was a good time. We're gonna have to edit that in somehow. That's one. Somehow. Once yes. again, the chat is all talking about me, mum. <laughs> That's my fault, sorry. Plot, um, plot, apparently Martin says, plot twist, Paul is your stepdad, Sam. Yeah. Ah! Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And also, did you wave that sword around earlier to show that you, he is actually out the box? Yeah, Because I saw you. Yeah. A mask out there as well. Oh, for sake. <laughs> it, cuts, it cuts deep, man. It really does. That is pretty cool, though. I'll get Jason out of the pocket, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. But great, great, great uh, second pick there, Kelly. So, Sammy, t- take it away, lovely lady. Okay. Um, the album that defined probably mine, yours, everyone's who was uh, brought up in the 90s. Probably talked about it before. I'm going to say it again. It's Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. What a shout. <laughs> it is the defining point of my teenage years is this album. This was going to be my third pick. So, yes. <laughs> you nearly made it into mine as well. Oh, if you have like a substitute, I don't mind you pass it. Because honestly, I, I thought uh, some, at least another person might have picked it. No, no, I've got no substitutes. Don't worry. Oh. I've just, I've, I've struggled just to get the top five in. So, like I said, but I, I completely agree. My teenage years, like, um, I've always felt like an angsty teenage girl. So, yeah, so this was... <laughs> it was just, it's such a pinnacle moment when this album was put in my hand. It it just changed how I looked at music. Mm-hmm. It's Completely. Just, yes. And it's, everything is just really um, angry, but not, like, scream angry. It's feeling angry, if that makes sense. Like, and yeah. expressing how the feel and stuff, but... This, as everyone says, I, I, I've never spoke to anyone who hasn't listened to this album, mm-hmm. like especially at our age. And if you, and if any youngsters are listening, and because there's youngsters listening to us now, me feeling no. all old. Um, if you haven't listened to this album, what the fuck are you doing with your life? It is a, it's a movement. It's a mood. That's what I described it the other day to a friend. I was like, it's a mood. It is a complete not a mood. I've been listening to it all this week, and I'm like, the songs that I even get upset over because of like I'll I've been crying over because I'm like, 
holy shit, I told like, and I'm nearly 40 and I understand it probably now. <laughs> I didn't get it back then. Um, I literally, um, Forgiven is my favourite song of the album. Mm-hmm. And I well enough even thinking about it. I absolutely adore that. The the range that she does it, like we all know Alanis Morissette has hell of a range in that voice, but the fact that she could take it so up here to bring mm-hmm. it so back down here in a matter of seconds in that song is just breathtaking. Yeah. Um yeah. No. Oh. I know we'll, we'll take turns with this one, so don't worry. I'll, like I said, I'll jump, jump back and forth. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if it was Grant or if it was my wife, Nick, that shared the trailer for Bridget in season two. With it was Grant. It was Grant. Yeah, I, was, uh, I was just about to uh, try and chime in with that nice one because that is... The acoustic, the acoustic version of you... Uh, you um, I can't remember your words. I'm feeling it now. You ought to know... And it's just so slowed down, slow paced, but the anger and the, the pain is still mm. there. And her voice, fucking hell. I, I I know this album's what, 20 years old now? Um, and her voice still to this day is pitch perfect. Yeah. And absolutely man. That yeah, she... song as well is it's like um it's like Generation X's version of I Will Survive. Yes, you know oh, what I mean it's like it, it, male or female, all of us have felt that. Yeah. But the the raw power in that song is it beats any heavy metal track, hands down. Mm-hmm. You, oh, Grant, you couldn't have said any better. That was brilliant. Well done. It's it's a one way. Like if you, you if you're listening, it you can't help but singing away, but then you start singing it louder and louder, mm-hmm. and you feel yourself getting to it as well. But um, I, it always reminds us of Emma as well, like Emma, who's been on the podcast, because every time we go to a karaoke, she always sings uh, Ironic. and She she, uh, she always she, um, sings fucking Black Velvet. Every time we go to a karaoke bar, she always sings Black Velvet. And she used to sing Tiffany. Tiffany, they were our go-to tracks. Uh, I just remember singing uh, Iconic, but and she has got a lovely voice as well when she sings it. Not quite... Alana Starrett's standard. Mm. I think I, I don't think she'll mind us saying, but um, yeah, like say this was just on repeat, and like this was the sound of the nineties. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I can describe it. Even yeah. though the ironic is the most weirdest when you look at the words, nothing she says in that song is fucking ironic, but it's just which is that's... ironic. <laughs> <laughs> well done. And <laughs> um, I remember being on a trip to France and um, with the school, and it was about the time that Spice Girls would just blew up like wannabe was just everywhere and I had my headphones in over the thingy headphones with my tape deck and just had Alanis Morissette on fucking repeat throughout that whole trip because I just I didn't <laughs> like they didn't understand what I was going through <laughs> I was listening to a masterpiece and they were listening to shit in my opinion. Um, but like, honestly, I don't mind the Spice Girls. I'm just saying, <laughs> like I, I, I just at the time, how mm. how powerful that album was. Um, mm. I don't want to bring the tone down at all because we're all on a bit of a high with this one. But the fight, the secret track, if you remember, on the end of the album, I am mm-hmm. so pleased that is not part of the uh, remastered one from 2015. I'm so glad they removed it. Because that song was played at my friend's funeral when I was 14. Mm-hmm. Oh, that God. is fucking haunting. 
Yeah. I never want to hear it again. And it's such it's such a beautiful song, but it you will never feel a punch in the face when that song plays in a church and it echoes. That um, is awful. Just to send it up, like to change Thank the tone you. a little, t- change the tone a little bit. Uh, back to the dafter. Uh, yeah. Did you did you ever see the the parody video with Ozzy Osbourne? Because that the, it was Alana no. singing it, but yeah. but Ozzy Osbourne's in the back of the car, like you know how Alanis is in the front, but he's sitting in the back of the car, bopping around, and he gets a massive dildo out and starts hitting his head with a massive dildo to, to her singing it. Uh, uh, <laughs> It is one of the most surreal things you'll ever see because he's just like he's just like being, being all fucking Aussie and stuff. Um, it's just that's just not changing the tone. That is fucking Lauren. <laughs> Dildos and Aussie and Alana Smart set in one sentence. <laughs> yes, but uh, if you ever look it up, I don't know if it's on YouTube. I've not watched it for years, but I remember saying that. I think it was on the Jonathan Ross show, and uh, it was when Jonathan Ross used to be a little bit edgy on Channel Four. He had Aussie Osborne as a guest and. Uh, like they've done this video and it was it was absolutely fucking brilliant um but like I say if you're going to go through the track list like say um um like you learn forgiven as you said hand in your yeah. hand in my pocket um just everything in that album just speaks to you mm-hmm. and 100%. It, and it spawned so many other female artists from this album like i don't think people like Cheryl Crow would have got like as like as i know probably in the country and western but like, like Sharon McGowan, uh, was it? What was that one? The bitch song, Meredith. Meredith Brooks. 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 Um, even Shania Twain, like say, kind of followed. Not like saying Shania Twain wasn't big, but she even she changed, changed the, it up. Yeah. Changed yeah. it up. It changed music. That's when mm-hmm. good albums come out. It changed the music and and the landslide for like this was almost kind of like a um like grunge in a way, but like not to the degree what grunge was no it was it was a tamer version of grunge because i hit the grunge scene not long after finding this album like mm-hmm. um pearl jam just fucking yes. pearl jam um <laughs> so I, I found them but it was it was like it was like a lovely introduction into the grunge scene but did you know there's a there's a musical of jagged little pill no yeah there's a musical um i don't know <laughs> Yeah, it hasn't come over here or anything, but it's definitely it's been. It was just before the uh, before lockdown. Mm-hmm. It was doing a tour of America, and apparently it was absolutely breathtaking. So look out for a musical. <laughs> I know she's. I know she's doing the tour next year. Was it this year? Oh, I've no idea. I know she was meant. To, it was meant to all happen in twenty twenty or something. Yeah. yeah, but it's been set back. It's. I would love to see her because I'm, I'm not paying any quid a ticket though. Sorry. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Honestly, no. I, I told that's the that's the downside of it. Like I'm not paying that kind of money. Like I'm an adult. I've got bills to pay. Like I'm not twenty odd year old anymore. Like, I don't have stupid money to throw around. <laughs> and just to finish off on the Lana thing, she was God. She like said in dogma. So mm. uh, she can't can't pay that in life. <laughs> in life, not just dogma. In life, that bitch is God. But yep. yeah, that's my second choice, and now mm-hmm. yours. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of that would have been my third one. So I've still got number two in the, in the locker, but like I say, we'll, we'll miss my second go and go to Grant. So back to you, big fella. What happened to yours? You did it. Are you listening? Oh, I thought you were subbing it out. Okay, never mind. No, no, I'm not, <laughs> I've, got, I've got no subs. 
I'm not doing a Kev. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not coming fully prepared with 90 million other substitutes. <laughs> I read, well, for number three, um, I've got, I suppose I might as well uh, let loose now because um, you're going to find everything very thematic uh, with my choices and the fact that they're all from the same decade and they were all from before I was born. Uh, we've got an album from 1978. Uh, was the second album by this band. Uh, scored them the first number one hit. Um, you mentioned Shania, Shania Twain there before and how she wouldn't have been as big if it wasn't for Alanis Morissette. Um, she probably wouldn't have been as big if it wasn't for the fact that she was getting banged by the guy that produced this album. Uh, it was produced by Robert Lang, who <laughs> is without a doubt one of the he's absolute royalty yeah. when it comes to rock producers. He has produced absolutely everybody. Um, in recent years, the singer of this of this uh, band has become a little bit self indulgent, a little bit of a douche. Um, but I suppose his heart was in the right place um, for most of what he did, even if the press didn't really pick up on it. Uh, second studio album by the Boomtown Rats, oh. for the Troops. Oh. Now, I know, obviously, you guys know me. Um, punk rock is probably something that you would never really associate with me. No. And as far as broader taste is concerned, you're probably right, but there was something about this album that, at the time that I first heard it, I'm not sure whether I could put my finger on what it was that made me love it so much, but you're talking about as you get older and you start to listen to lyrics and you start to understand things a little bit more in some of the you know the tracks that were maybe kind of on the outskirts of your interest, so to speak, and that this album, for being such an upbeat album, is so thematically dark that you know it's probably where it started veering me into stuff like, you know, kind of the, the darker edge of metal and that kind of thing. Um, uh, I found a quote uh, here because one of the tracks on the album is called I Never Loved Eva Braun. And ah. it was described by a journalist as the happiest, cheeriest, most upbeat song about Hitler ever written. Wow. Um, and it is obviously to do with Hitler not actually fancying Eva Braun that much. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I think the producers had, had that beaten springtime for Hitler <laughs> and Germany. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, the rats were always guilty of writing about dark themes. You know what I mean? I don't like Mondays. Uh, was obviously, I can't remember um, the exact incident that it was based on, but it was it was based on a massacre. Um, little girl. So, little yeah. girl went into a little girl um, playing sniper at a school and just took a bunch of kids out. And when she was literally carted off, they were like, what did you do that for? And she's like, didn't like Mondays. Don't like Mondays, yeah. Tell you what it Absolutely. was. Absolutely. Um, but you still had Doc on here. Um, you're living on an island. Um, is supposed to be discussing the isolation that you feel just before you commit suicide. Um, and it's got this proper upbeat kind of calypso feel to it as well. You know, they've, they've put an extra few BPM into it and it's, it's almost like you should feel steel drums going on in the background. Mm. Um, you know, there's songs about euthanasia on there, um, attacks what? on... Yeah. Um, wow. Can't stop. Um, it's supposed to be about, um, you know, when you, you know, if you're in a situation where you would want to, yeah. you know, mm. pass and be unable to, which for 1978, that's some really, really poignant and really kind of deep stuff to be writing about. You know, you've got attacks on modern society um, with uh, Rat Trap, 
Um, the, the way that Rat Trap, the song, is put together is, reminds me very much of Kelly talked about it at length on her charity um, podcast. And if she hadn't talked about this album on the charity podcast, it would have made the cut. Um, and that's Different Class by Pulp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rat Trap and She's So Modern and that kind of thing, I think, follow a very similar line to the the thematic feel that you get out of different class where it's a bit of an attack on society. We're run down, we're beaten, we're broken. Everything around us is fixed against us, but we're still going to keep going just because we've got, you know, our friends and our girlfriends mm-hmm. and the guys that we have pints with and everything, you know, we're going to be happy even if we are stuck in this trap. Uh, track listen. Um <clears throat> So you got a, that's the British CD version, not the LP version. I don't want to talk about CDs. Fuck that. Um, <laughs> so again, uh, you know, it's all very upbeat. Uh, there isn't really any al- uh, any song on this album that kind of nosedives you. But obviously, from a thematic perspective, they do. But from a, a tempo and a, a feel perspective, they're all upbeat. Um, we're talking 70s punk, uh, 70s art punk. And obviously... It was at a time where reggae and punk were starting to intermingle quite closely. So you've got a lot of these kind of upbeat, backbeat, uh, heavy on the hi-hat kind of uh, drum beats going on that just keep you bouncing. Uh, Like Clockwork, upbeat and beautiful. Uh, Blind Date, it's a good track, to be honest. For me, it's probably the weakest track on the album, and it's still a bit of a beaut. Uh, I Never Loved Eva Braun, which, you know... Um, I'm going to listen to that song and then yeah. Living on an Island I mentioned before, don't believe what you read of, you know you, you don't really get much more of a blatant attack on the tabloid media than literally saying do not believe what you read mm-hmm. um, She's So Modern um, despite the fact that it was was it Rat Trap that got to number one or was it She's So Modern hold on, I'm going to scroll back a little bit here uh, sorry, it was Rat Trap that got the number one, but She's So Modern is probably the most well-known track on it. Um, very upbeat. Look at that pretty girl. She's so modern. <laughs> um, me and Howard Hughes, clearly about getting off your tits. Um, can't stop, I mentioned before. And again, then we'll go back to kind of attacks on society. Watch out for the normal people. Um, you know, it, it is it's literally like they're all going to call you a freak they're all going to call you different they're all going to put you down for not being the same as them you know the kind of almost the, the orwellian kind of view on how you know certain trends in modern society people tend to start looking a little bit the same and then it finishes off with rat trap you know beautiful sax work going on all the way through to just keep you humming and it, it it's like a cross between common people and living on a prayer, you know, mm-hmm. it's this whole kind of, um, it's a story being told about a couple um, and how they're struggling against life and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of, oh no, we're halfway there. <laughs> Bang, we got hit with a mousetrap. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, Kelly. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, a lot of people would obviously take um, probably... I can't even remember which album it has that has uh, I Don't Like Mondays on it. I think it's Fine Art of Surfacing. Outside of A Tonic for the Troops, I'm not much of a Boomtown Rats fan. Um, yeah. I think I they got... Own... I'll be honest, like I say, with the Boomtown Rats, I know they were big, but I don't... I said as soon as Live Aid hit, that was the thing that made I Don't Like Mondays and made it 
bigger than what they were, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, Geldof as well, you know, he... I said he's become a bit of a douche. You know what I mean? Obviously, the certain <laughs> he <is a> elements. <laughs> he's always been a douche. Well, <laughs> you know, you've obviously you've got that that wonder as to whether Live Aid and all of that kind of stuff was done for the right purposes and whether it was done for self-indulgence. But the one thing that I will always fight for when it comes to Geldof is what he did for those kids when Michael Hutchins and Paul mm. Yates died. Yeah, because yes. it takes it takes a hell of a man to mm-hmm. look. It takes a hell of a man. It shouldn't take a hell of a man. You know, it, it should mm-hmm. be kind of the the instinct in all of us to love and care for one another. Listen mm-hmm. to me, sounding like such a hippie. <laughs> I'm going to have to sub out Cannibal Corpse for the next album after this. Peace and love, but you know, it, it should be. We should all care for yeah. each other and that kind of stuff. But I think there's yeah. there's a big vast majority of the population that would have gone, nah, nah. not my kids. She ran off with him, and he's a million times prettier than I am because he was. To be fair, oh, let's be yeah. Oh, he gosh. was fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but no, he just went, yo, you know what the They've been through enough. They're coming with me. I'm going to make sure they've got everything they need. I'm going to love. I'm going to support them. You know, say what yeah. you want about Geldof, but when he's making decisions like that, yeah. there's 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 a golden heart in there. Yeah, I have a I have Sorry. a very mixed opinion on on Gand, on Geldof. Like I forgot to Gandalf. I nearly did. <laughs> I nearly I nearly did. Um, but yeah, I have a very mixed opinion on him because, like you say, the whole Live Aid band aid. I've watched a documentary. Um, I'm slightly not convinced, but you are think- right, though, Grant. What he did for Tiger Lily will hmm. it, it give her a life that that uh, it I don't know. It's it's a, it's a hard one to lose both both of your parents in such a public and and a very bizarre way. Um, it would be it would be devastating. And he, and he kind he hid her from it completely. Yeah. Hid her from it. Like, not a lot of people knew what she looked like up until recently because he oh. did his best to keep her safe. So, yeah, it, I'm kind of conflicted on him. I think, like I say, with stuff like that, but I think everyone has an ego. Fuck, we have an ego, so um, it doesn't really Massively. take... Massively! Yeah, <laughs> it takes like that, but uh, it's like, if you're in that spot, would you take it? I know when they did the Live 8, the live eight one where he wasn't meant to perform and he just ran on stage and did it... Um, I know, um, what's he called? He done Avrena, Avrena. Oh, Midger. Midger, he was. I never say his name right. (laughs) I know he was mega, mega pissed off at them for it. But again, would you take the shot? I know I would, even though I kind of sing. If I got a chance to run on stage and sing, even though it'd be horrendous, uh, I'd probably do the same thing. So yeah, Um, but yeah, like I say, again, another one that I wasn't expecting. So good, good pick there. But yes, so we're moving on again to the interesting choice that Kelly's going to bring to us now. Right, this is my third 2003 album. Like I said, it must be a good year. Um, and this particular particular album, um, yet again, we've got um, Front Lady. And I would actually say Front Man, even though he's further at the back. Um, we have um, a posse that has been classed as Bretton Punk. Mm-hmm. Punk Stylings with the drama of <laughs> Cabaret. This is the Dresden Dolls, oh! self-titled The Dresden. Sorry. I think, I think it sounds like that choice. <laughs> the Dresden Dolls is Michaela's favourite band ever. Um, 
she Amanda Palmer is a hero to her and I I get it. Go mm-hmm. for it, Kelly. <laughs> I'm really glad that I've kind of given myself some retribution from the beep boop beep boop. Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly that the, the, the postal service is just Oh, a, a personal choice, sweetheart. I, I can't. I can't do it. But dressing dolls, go for it. <laughs> no, right. So, um, I mean, this. I, I, I love all the albums, uh, but this one is one that really kind of hit home with me. We've got songs about hermaphrodites and self mutilation, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you've got um, the song about hermaphrodite. Uh, it's called Half Jack. And I love the fact that it's got a kind of um, nursery rhyme style. So it's, um, I run as fast as I can run, but Jack comes tumbling after. So it's this idea that she's she feels like she's this split person. And it almost seems like, you know, one arm's doing one thing, but the other arm's fucking shit up. You know say what that, I mean? Say, say that so, lyric again, Kelly. Say that lyric again. Yeah, I run, I run as fast as I can run, but Jack comes tumbling after. I could be completely wrong here, but my sister has a, a Dresden Dolls tattoo on her back of a little boy and a little girl on either side and in the middle. I'm positive that's the lyrics. I could be very wrong, though, but that sounds really oh. familiar. I could be, well, if she's listening, she'll probably tell us, but yeah, oh, that's amazing, that. Oh, it's a beautiful song, and mm-hmm. the thing is... Um, Something that can be quite like it, it could be deemed as you know, it could be made comedic. It is actually um really like raw and and hard, and it, it's, it's sometimes there's a little bit of a struggle to like listen to what her singing because she seems so mm. just like at her wit's end. Um, it's melodic yet unhinged, mm. you know, this kind of she's trying to control it, but she can't, she's trying to hide it, but she needs to embrace it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's absolutely. Lush. Then you've got um, another personal favourite, uh, Coin Operated oh. Boy, which um, <laughs> I love, I love this the video. Song. The video is I mean, you know, the, Amanda Palmer and Brian, I can never pronounce his second name. <laughs> it begins with a V. Uh, <laughs> they've got, they go all out with their, like, kind of look, their white faces. She used to shave off her eyebrows and do these ornate, you know, eyebrows. And, and the thing is, do you know what? A lot of people say she's not the prettiest sort of lash. She's got a very strange face on her, but she's just got this striking beauty because she gives no shits. She's hairy. She doesn't shave. She's just so at ease with her body, and it's just that actually makes her fucking stunning. Yeah. Um, but with Coin Operated Boy, I think it's fucking meant because it's just she's got she's got a fake boy because she's too much mm. for real boys. Like, she's just too. I've got the song stuck in my head. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And the thing is, it's the, the music mimics that sort of automaton, you know, and it's just the drums, everything is there for a reason and it just adds to it. But it's quite like this, it's quite comedic, you know, especially the video where Brian is the coin operator boy and she's like, um, was it real boys cannot hold a candle to my new boy and I'll never let him go and I'll never be alone. And then she's like, never let him go and I'll never be alone. Never be. And you can see she's getting really argy that like stuck in a loop. And to, to just, oh, it's just, it's lovely. absolutely lovely. Um, there is actually a 
quite a controversial song on there um, called Bad Habit, which seems to be about um, a lot of people were kicking off saying it was glorifying self-harm. Mm. Um, but it actually, I thought, and reasoning to why people might do it, because it is almost like it just... Uh, I need to find the lyrics. Um, mind you, there's a really funny bit where she's like, she's tried everything. I've tried Vaseline. I've tried everything to stop me from doing this. But yeah. she actually says in an interview that it's about, it's not actually about self-harm. She's got this terrible habit of biting the skin around her fingers. Yeah. And this is what it's about. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I, was it um, when I drive carbon of and I think a lot of people, whether or not be from, you know, kind of something as drastic as you would say self-harm or anything like that, but sometimes pain is release. It is, yeah. you know, like, you know, when we shout into a pillow, it's just like you get it out. You know what I yeah. mean? But um, as I say, it, I, I, you know, like people saying it's glorifying this and that. It's all what you read into it, what you read into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also another fantastic song called The Girl Anachronism. I am the girl anachronism where she's just um the pills that her mother gave her and oh, it's just it's just almost like this kind of it's just it's wholesome in the way of it's cathartic. It is yeah. like watching a play on stage. It's drama. You love it and you get something out of it. Um, I had the absolute honour to have seen them perform at Leeds Festival and they were fucking amazing. The stage show was, she was just jumping up and down on a, you know, on a keyboard. Ryan was tipping and wear a top and he's just thrashing about and you knew they were just putting like I hate the term 110 but they did their every ounce mm-hmm. into their performance and it, it wasn't just a band it was it was, yeah. like, oh, it was amazing but um, I'm, a, I'm a follower of uh, Amanda Palmer because she's currently living in New Zealand she's been mm-hmm. there ever since Covid she hasn't mm-hmm. been able to go to New York and I'll follow her Instagram and I, I follow her and um, the son she has with Neil Gaiman and um, yes. Ash she just looks like oh, he looks like a little pixie creature he is the most yeah. beautiful did you did he you looks ethereal did you follow her at the time of when she was pregnant and where Ash's name comes from because it's it is beautiful. Can I just share a quick story about um, Amanda Palmer live? My sister went, it's my sister for her first ever gig on her own with her friend. Like she'd, she'd done gigs with me before. Um, Nick, Paul's wife, took her up to go and see uh, him in Glasgow. Like she's been, she'd had that experience, but um, this was her very first jaunt on her own. And she went with a friend. I was ill. My mum and dad were on holiday. I was, she was in Manchester. I was physically sick. I didn't hear from her. I heard that the gig had finished and she was coming home. I said, right, I want to know when you're on the motorway home. Never heard a goddamn thing out of her until she finally rocked up at the house like hours and hours later. And she was just, the the look on her face, I thought something had happened, like something serious. And she was like, I met her. I met her. Oh, and I my was like, gosh. It's <laughs> like, I met her. Um, after the gig, we stayed for a bit longer and she came down and she spoke to us and then she just went, and I got a photograph with her and I was, I've never oh. seen my sister so 
like taken aback by something. It was such a beautiful thing. Like I couldn't be angry at her for like keeping us on edge all night. Um, and I wrote a love letter to Amanda Palmer after I read our book on, um, what was it called? The, the Art of Asking. And I was like, you can ask anything of me for what you give to her that night. And I wrote this huge love letter. I'm going to start crying. I wrote this huge <laughs> love letter to her saying like, you have no understanding for you just spending two seconds with her and taking her photograph. What, what impact that had on her. And for me, for me, I will give you anything. And that Aww. was my, I just wanted to share that because I love Amanda. I have such a huge, big heart for Amanda Palmer. She's beautiful. She's a beautiful person inside and out. And the art of asking was amazing in regards to like she does depend on the 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 like the the the, the, the gratitude the gratitude she has for people helping her out. She'll not go to a hotel. She's like, can anyone like have a sofa? She's yeah. literally lived on the gratitude of people while she's been in New Zealand. She's lived in like people's houses. She's you know it's and it's just she's just so down to earth and she's like like I've been like this like. Seeing via Instagram her struggle of obviously not being in her home, but seeing what's happening in her home because of COVID. And obviously New Zealand weren't the most hit by the COVID, mm-hmm. you know, pandemic. Um, but and she was saying how she feels so blessed that she was in that place at that time yeah. because she doesn't know what it's been like for her, you know what I mean? But um, yeah. as I say, this had to be picked. Um, Dresden Dolls have always had a place in my heart and always will, but this album really, it's just eclectic, crazy. Mm. To be fair though, if, if I was going to pick, like, a, if, like, if I had a, like, think someone said pick Kelly's top five albums, I wouldn't, mm. I would have probably said Dresden Dolls would have been there. Just of, like, conversations we've had and, like, say, mm. like things in the past. Speculation. I think, I think a lot of people, like, say, as I said, uh, like, my friends as well, like, Jill, Lolly, and like I said, they absolutely adore the Dresden Dolls and Amanda Palmer, like the huge fans of them as well. So it's very much of like the time and the people you hang about with as well. So definitely I would, I would have been surprised if it wasn't on your list there. So I'm glad for that story that Sam, I have to admit that was absolutely lovely though. Thanks for sharing that, Sam. Oh, you're welcome. I just, I, I, I just have a lot of time for it. And also Kelly, uh, she's writing a new album for the Dresden Dolls. <laughs> <laughs> so now you go. <laughs> I really did nearly cry there, I don't like that feeling. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, she'll come back and annoy you somehow. So don't. I, well, my third choice. I'm just. I'm going to keep it short and sweet because mm-hmm. I think I feel like I took a lot of time up telling that story. So I apologise for taking up yours, no. Kelly. Um, no. it's from, <laughs> it is from 1991. I would be remiss if I did not have this band in my top five because, let's face it, they are my favourite band of all time. Like Slipknot, yes, these just take it just just a little bit over the top. I have watched them play this album in its entirety and it was one of the most amazing amazing nights of my life. It is Metallica. (laughs) It's the Black Album. (laughs) Like I was going, what year is this? I was going, oh, mine's 1997. It's fine. We're good. It's Metallica, the Black Album. Um, I will keep it short and sweet because it's it's just a fucking brilliant album. <laughs> it really is. And to see it be played live in its entirety, like from song one to the end, was runway. I can't describe the feeling of seeing that. I really can't. Yeah, 
I would have loved to have seen Metallica before I did, but when I saw them, they played the Sent Al- 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 Anger album for us, and oh, I, just, I was like, Good fuck it. you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Killer thing. Yeah. When was that, Sammy? Was it with Torello playing bass, or was it yes. with Newstead? No, it was with Torello. It was a download. It, um, possibly the last one I ever went to, which was Under Make Dance, 2007, six, five, possibly 2005, 2006, maybe. Um it was the year Tool played, Deftones played, and then like it was Metallica. So, like, give us a rundown of the playlist as well, because I, I remember, like, well, I normally just listen to the best of a Metallica albums. So I'm going to be, I'm not going to be honest, rather than the individuals. I've um, had it on the day as well, and I should really so know it's it. Enter Sandman. Mm-hmm. It's then sad but true. Sad but true, yeah. which honestly just. It grinds my gears that song. Not not because of Metallica, but Kid Rock, like fuck off. Um Holier Than Now, The Unforgiven, Ball Me Eyes Out of That Song. Uh Wherever I May Roam. Mm-hmm. Don't tread on me. Um Through the Night. Yeah. And then you've got Nothing Else Matters, which yeah. is just one of the most beautiful songs ever written. My favourite song, actually. That's a lie. Two favourite songs on here. Of Wolf and Man. Fucking love that song. Um, the God That Failed is next. My, um, my Friend of Misery is another of my favourites. Oh, love that song. My too. And The Struggle Within. I kind of bypass that song and just go straight back to, to um, Enter Sandman. Like, yeah. lit- I've literally been listening to the album today because I was like, I need a Metallica album. Like, they're mm-hmm. my favourite band. Like, I have loved them since oh, 1999. Like, I know that's not big on yeah. out, but I have absolutely, the, the reason I got into heavier music was because of them. Yeah. Um, and I followed them. I think, oh, still do. I think, like, but not my favourite. Well, like I said, I've listened to Metallica albums, but my favourite ever listened to run through Metallica is a live album they did. I think it was when they played in Mexico. Mm. And it was Life like a. That's the one. And yeah, it's man. just mesmerizing. Like I know when you hear the Metallica playing the orchestra and stuff like that, mm. like it's it's something special. But when they played live and like say that album, like Grand Little Testers, it's like there's a lot of live albums out there that you can miss to. But I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it Cutting Stunts? Can't remember the, the name now. Cutting Stunts is the one that they did on the uh, the Lord tour because it was the one where yes. Lord nearly yes. made it in for me. I was this close. Oh wow! Wound up every Metallica fan in the world. It was on the Lord Very tour. They so. did that thing where they ended the set. Yeah, and then they faked the set falling to bits come and they had like down. roadies set on fire come mm. flying out of the rafters was, yeah. and then they walked back out and did a load of acoustic tracks and, and i believe that it was true <laughs> i remember i watched it with a bunch of friends they were like you've got to see this live show it's amazing and then this whole thing happened and i went what's going on why is this and i'm like getting proper anxious and then and then all of a sudden like they're like oh it's fake look at the title <laughs> cun and stunt i was like oh how stupid am I? Um, yeah, Black Album. I honestly, I would have been, I would have, I would have felt like a, a fake fan if I picked another album than the Black Album. <laughs> Not because I would, fake. everyone's got the favourites. That's the thing. It's just don't worry. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be overly clever with it and like go with the first one or the, you know, the um, the LP that they brought out. Before, you know what I mean? I didn't want to get like too pretentious. <laughs> The, the thing with Metallica is like they've got so much 
poignant lyrics as well. The reason mm. that Lord nearly made it on for me, I, Lord was the, the the album that made me fall in love with Metallica, which a lot of people would be like, <gasps> why? But there's a couple of tracks on that album that really, really get me in there, and like mm. Outlaw Torn, especially mm. that line of you know when I start to come undone, stitch mm. me together, and when you see me struck, remind me of what left this Outlaw Torn. Really, really oh, kind of hits me hard. Of like, you know, never forget what people have done for you. Never forget those that dragged you to your feet when you're on your knees. It's not just, mm-hmm. I don't like the devil. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking some whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 or send anger. I'm sober. I've got a therapist. Yeah. Gank, 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 gank. I I generally don't mind Saint Anger, by the way. Oh, I was so excited for that noise. album to come out. Oh, just I noise. really was. <laughs> and then I obviously. The is, mm-hmm. Sorry, that snare drum sound. Like everybody slagged off Saint Anger for it, and it ain't that. It, it's not a great snare drum sound when you're coming off the back of the Lord albums and the Black albums, because <laughs> Lars did have the best drum sound in the world. Yeah, but they released that track for Mission Impossible. Um, oh, when I, was it I disappear? Yeah. And that's got his clanky, horrible biscuit tin snare drum sound, and nobody battered an eyelid. Mm. It was like. Because it wasn't St. Anger. Because they hadn't got rid of uh, Jason Newstead as no, well. Bring, no, they're... taking Jason Newstead out and bringing Torillo in. Mm. Two very. Uh, sorry, I'm going to nerd out here because I mm. am a bass player. Two very, very different styles of bass player. And people were like, oh my God, it, it, it can't be the same as Metallica. It's like, hold on a minute. If you listen to Newstead and listening to Cliff Burton, you're talking about two different styles of bass player. And yes. Exactly. Exactly. He is yeah. not an original. He is. A, he is a second. The original was amazing. Like yeah. I, watching watching them do. Um, oh, what is it? From whom the bell tolls? And mm. he's got that first like kind of bass solo at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goose goosebumps. Absolute goosebumps, and I always love the fact that he wore a Misfits T-shirt. Like I love that, and I love how influenced they are by the Misfits. Like the Misfits are one of my favorite bands. I am actually wearing their T-shirt right now. Um, Cliff is God. Just, yes. just the, the one, the one of like us, so because they, they hated Napster, so nearly up north and oh. up north, they would have been Ooh. very pissed off at us. I was very <laughs> pissed off at them back in the nineties. I tell you that. <laughs> Yes, I remember that. Um, no, I, I, I thought I was hoping Metallica would be mentioned just because, like, say, they are, they are, it's such an iconic band and it is out there. And they have had, like, say, Ride, it was Ride the Lightning as well. That was yeah. like, say, up there for a big it album. It was so, like, so close. I was so close to Ride the Lightning or the Black Album. But when you really think about, like, mm-hmm. for me anyway, the Black Album is, is an album I can listen to and it's tired. Now, I only finished, I only skipped one song. Mm-hmm. And that's the last one. I'm not a big fan of the last song, um, yeah. and the fact that like I've seen them, I've seen them do it live. I've seen them a fair few times, um, mm-hmm. but that one was a standout because it was just simply the Black Album. I think it was like for an anniversary or something, um, and they just did it from song one, song twelve, and it was it was amazing, especially off the back of like seeing Tool. Mm-hmm. I am not a, I'm not a fan of Tool. I generally had no idea what I just watched. So it was nice to have something in front of us that I could understand. So right, cool. there you go. My third choice is the Black Album. Well, I'll, just quickly there, the, the albums that you've mentioned there, not to go too negative, but I think it sums up a lot of the problems that Metallica have had mm. throughout the years. Because you mentioned Ride the Lightning. Yeah. And when they put Fate of Black on Ride the Lightning, Metallica mm. fans went mental. 
And they went, no, you've sold out. How dare you make a slow song? Oh, dear God, no, it's terrible. And then the Black Album came out where nothing else matters. And they went, oh, my God, they've done another slow song. How dare they do that? And yeah. then they got their hair cut for load. I was just going to say it, and then they cut their hair. <laughs> and, yeah, what should we do for an album cover? Blood and jizz, guys. Yeah, that's a great idea. Blood and jizz. You know, and they got rid of Torello, and they went, uh, sorry, they got rid of Newstead and got Torello and... Oh my God! How dare they do that? It's like Metallica have constantly been hounded for mm-hmm. not writing the same album fifteen yeah. times. Yeah. If you want to listen to the same album fifteen times, listen to Slayer. Oh, I am Maiden. Or I am Maiden. Wow, that is the best vocalist. <laughs> True, but like I say, play the album straight away. Can you tell when the songs change? No, no, I've literally just started getting in. I've never been an Iron Maiden fan. I've literally, them and Judas Priest, I am like oh. living for at the moment. Yeah. And I am like I generally don't know what when it stops and when it starts. I'm like I might as well just listen to a live album because then I'll know the audience will tell me. <laughs> yes. No, good pick up. I think my next pick's going to change the tone a little bit. <laughs> Let go. So this was going to be my number two pick, but like I say, with Sam, it's kind of put it out of order a little bit. But oh, no, sorry. Uh, this was my adolescence love. Um, someone put in the chat. I think Charlotte's trying to say that. 90s music was the best yeah. of pop, which complete bullshit. You're never <laughs> going to agree with her on that one. So I'm going to go, it's a bit of a wrong one, so I do apologise. Um, the King of Pop, this album, like I say, when I listened to it, it absolutely took away. My favourite song in the album wasn't the name on the album, and I had to, I had to pick this artist, but I was trying to pick so many different albums, but this one just for this one song really i'll try and do it just i'm not going to try and sing it because I, I cannot sing like them so you'll never make me stay so take your weight off of me i know your yes, every move mate. so you won't just let me be i've been here times before but i was too blind to see that you seduce every man this time you won't seduce me De- i was gonna sing the rest but dirty diana Hey. <laughs> what a song! What an album! Yes. Another one that was. Which album is it? Bad. 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 Okay, Bad. So I, I knock for my next one. I knock Dangerous off. Yeah. So but that's, wow. but, yeah, Dangerous was a greatest hits in certain ways. Mm, no, which wasn't. I'm sure it had some of the ones, but um, like I say, it was this or Thriller. But and I looked through the the list, like say Bad. This was the song that absolutely just blew me away. Uh, like I say, when I watched, like, it was before MTV came on. It was on Channel 4, I think. And you see them, it was like, because Michael Jackson, when he did music videos, it was like a full theatre. It was like every essence. And you got yeah. these two guys in leather jackets, like, arguing. And it's like, then you get, who's bad? I'm bad. And you know it. <laughs> but, um, guys, do you know who the other guy is? Yeah, it's Michael Bien. <laughs> it's a... It's also um, Kyle, what's, what, what's his name out of Terminator? Yeah, Michael Bean. Yeah, Michael yeah. Bean, he's in that, I know, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I'm not making this up. He did dance in that film. In that like, so, yeah. <laughs> um, but like I say, when you look at like the songs on this, such a variety. I know I've mentioned Dirty Diana, Bad, um, like Man in the Mirror, um, another part of me, Liberian Girl, The Way You Make Me Feel, and The Ultimate Smooth Criminal. 
most of the songs we used in the Moonwalker film, which was just epic to start with from start to finish. And I know, as I said, it's not really nice society to talk about Michael Jackson in a, in a positive light these days, but back then, everything he did touched gold and it was just special. And you waited, like, I remember when they announced it was, his new music videos were going to get released. And he used to stay up on a Friday night waiting for it to get be on like the TV show. It was on either it was either on top of the pops, oh, um, or, or on like the like the the word and stuff like that. Was it the yeah. word? Yeah, yeah. My mom had a party at her house, or like at our old house, when mm-hmm. the when Thriller mm-hmm. was going to be premiered on Channel Four at like midnight or something. And it's like all of our friends are down there, like downstairs. I'm getting shooed upstairs and I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck this. I'm going to go and sit and watch it anyway. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? But no di- hmm? Sorry, I was terrified of singing that as well because no way was I going to try and uh, outperform Michael yeah. Jackson. <laughs> uh, a band that I'm absolutely in love with at the moment is called Ice Nine Kills do a version of Thriller and it brings it mm-hmm. down. So if you want to listen to that, you'll learn it. You know, you can sing it at a lower level. Um, <laughs> but Dangerous was a studio album. It wasn't was a favourite. Yeah, oh, because I, I went to see Michael Jackson in Sheffield and it was off the back of Dangerous. Dangerous it was actually it was his, it was the history tour, but right. history was the compilation album. Right. Dangerous that's was the mix, studio sorry, that, one. Sorry, that's me mixed up there. Yeah. And you, no. and you came out quite quite close together. Oh, really close together because I was like, oh well, it's got to be a history album if I'm picking one because that's the tour I went to see. And then I was like, oh shit, that, that's mm-hmm. not an album. That's a best of album. <laughs> but no, we did uh, Dirty Diana 2.0 on Dangerous as well because you got given to me. On yeah. there, and instead of random nondescript guitarist, he wheels out fucking slash to play it, and you just like, yes. wow. <laughs> oh, but like, say, as I said, that dirty diner, but like, say, even when it slowed down, they say, I'm looking at the man in the mirror, Mm-mm. I'm asking him to change his ways, but yeah, is like, he not one of those artists where you listen to lyrics like Man in the Mirror and you kind of go. <laughs> well, funny enough, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can get. I get because I was looking at this early, like because like, I was going to try and do bad, and I was like, no. The first line of, of bad is your butt is mine. Excellent. <laughs> then it goes. Your I'm going to tell you. Mine. I'm going to tell you right. Show your face in broad daylight. Um, yes, I'll show oh, you I'll I'll I'm, gonna, I'm telling I'm, you oh, how I feel. Gonna hurt your mind. Don't shoot to kill. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I remember hearing a thing about uh, Jamon. I, I can't remember the names, but apparently Michael Jackson chucking Jamon in all the time was a shout out to a 50s female jazz singer. Right. Really? That used to use that that Jamon as a way of like kind of transitioning between lines oh. and that kind of stuff. And he was so heavily influenced by this woman's music that he took it through his entire career. Um, wow. I tell you what, I'm going to see if I can fucking Google that. Because I, 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 I didn't just dream it, honestly. <laughs> I have the worst memory, known to God, but I can remember every single second of that show. I yeah. remember him coming out. I remember being attacked by a guy behind us because... He was walking on stage with a suitcase and he was unloading the suitcase and had this guy literally punching us in the back of the head to tell me Billy Jean was coming on. Literally smack. And then to add insult to injury, when I get home and I'm watching all the news reports, oh, who gets interviewed? The guy who hurts us in the back of the head. I was foreman. 
he should have hit him harder. But uh, that was the, the thing when I was looking at Thriller, because I think Thriller had Billie Jean in. Because Billie Jean is up there, one of my favourite songs. But mm. with, like I say, Dirty Diners, Smooth Criminal, and like I say, I had to choose this album. This, like I say, this album probably is when I think about it, was the reason that I'd become a little bit obsessed with Michael Jackson as a kid. Oh, um, who, who didn't have that experience, man? That Like, the man is, like, the, the music he made was, it'll mm. never be it'll never be replicated. No, no. Like, I think the closest we got was Prince. Mm. Mm. Not a big fan, even though my husband will murder us for saying that because uh, he loves them. But... Yeah, you might not like Prince, but he was oh, no. special out there. Something... 100%. It's just when you're over here... Um, little red Corvette constantly. Him, um, yeah, you, you, you get a bit sick. Tommy Walsh is slagging off Prince because I'm, I'm not slagging off Prince. If I just may quickly, uh, the female um, jazz singer that I was on about uh, more rhythm and blues than jazz, um, mm. was the last called uh, Mavis Staples. Mm-hmm. That's um, amazing. She was the one. She used to use the word Shimon. Um It was basically her saying "come on," yeah. but because of the way that she was pronouncing her words, it would always come out as Shimon. And like I said, Jackson loved her that much that he took that from her performances. And that's like just a tra- that was just how she transitioned, or did he did he use that for his transitioning? Mm-hmm. Whether I don't think Michael Jackson was ever actually like quoted as because people never really put this two and two together. And I think until after she died, and until after he died, rather she's still alive. Um, but the you know, given his influences and rhythm and blues in the fifties and the sixties, it's widely regarded, if you will. Um, that that's where it where it came from. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. I've learned something new today. I'm going to go and share that with Amy when I finish this. I think I've upset some some people in the chat uh, about the Prince. I'm really worry. sorry. Go 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 that was going to happen. But uh, I just love it how we went from basically like say something as not as hard, well, kind of hard as Metallica. Drop down to like him uh, MJ, but yeah. uh, I was laughing in the chat earlier when Charlotte was saying, "Oh, nineties is this this for pop?" That's what. Fuck no, M- Michael Jackson is the king of pop. Sorry, eighties wins hands down there. <laughs> yeah, you, you you lost on that one, Charlotte. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, you can keep your choice. spice. You can keep your spice girls. I love me, Michael. I love how she, I, 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 how she answered backwards. Who was an, name another biggest girl artist group in the nineties? And it's like, oh, you're missing the point, Charlotte. That's not what he's getting at. <laughs> <laughs> good choice. Good choice. Yes. Yeah, so, choice. So, so moving on to Grant's uh, fourth pick now. <clears throat> Meant, um, Sammy already mentioned before, um, in relation to Slipknot, about bands where you would, you'd really, really struggle to pick one out of the back catalogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and this band do it for me. Um, a relatively short lived career. Um, although they did get back together for a few little special occasions and that kind of stuff. Pretty much everyone on the planet would regard this band's for fourth album has definitely been their best best album and as far as broader kind of taste is concerned it constantly gets voted potentially the best album of all time also up there thematically as one of the best nerdy bands in the world uh this album got slated when it first came out back in the Mm -hmm. 70s with all of the weird nonsiness because the album cover does have a lot of naked bands on it. (laughs) Nonsiness. But it was done so tastefully. Um, I'm talking about Led Zeppelin's fifth studio album, Houses of the Holy. 
Um, oh, appreciation. <laughs> like I mentioned before, you know, Led Zeppelin are prime <laughs> nerdiness. You know what I mean? Yeah. In Led Zeppelin 4, you've got Misty Mountain. Which, mm-hmm. if you're not putting two and two together and getting a reference uh, to The Hobbit out yeah. of the lyrics, oh, then you need a, a bit of a slap. Uh, mm-hmm. In Ramble On, on yeah. Led Zeppelin 3, obviously, what is it? And in the darkest depths of Mordor, I met a yeah, girl a, so fair. Then Gollum and the evil war Hold on. crept up and slipped away with her. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, 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 I, I have not yeah. listened to Led Zeppelin ever. What? Yeah. No stairway to heaven for you! <laughs> Deny! 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, the reason that I've chosen Houses of the Holy, um, as weird as it sounds talking about Led Zeppelin, because they were always very, very musically diverse. Um, but the jump between Led Zeppelin 4 and Led Zeppelin 5 needed something drastic. You know, putting out... Uh, Stairway to Heaven. Like, uh, who the hell? You know, <laughs> how do you, how do you, how do you what, yeah, yeah. What do you do? You go back into the practice room after putting that album out and you go, lads, <laughs> fuck dear, aren't we? How the hell are we going to top that? Like, well, we'll top it by doing something a little bit mental. You know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll stick to what we're good at. We'll put tracks on there like uh, The Song Remains the Same. Mm-hmm. Um, that is... You know, just pure Zeppelin, you know, right back down to the first album. It's just good time rock. You you know, John Bonham with these amazing kind of backbeating, offbeat drum beats that just, you know, you're trying to headbang away and all of a sudden he does something and you go, you fucking bastard, that wasn't a 4-4. Um, but it's got so much in there that is so, like, the playlist so different to yeah. what Led Zeppelin had done before. Um, yeah. You got you know songs like uh, Dear Maker on there. I mentioned before with the Boomtown Rats about almost getting like a reggae feel to them and the the cleanness that they randomly chuck into the guitar on Dear Maker and that bouncy yeah. sort of twanginess is definitely reminiscent of like um, like the Caribbean style of music. But it also has my favourite Led Zeppelin track that I have ever heard ever. Obviously, they're not going to write any more, um, which is No Quarter. Yeah. Um, starts off, you know, you've got John Paul Jones out there, and instead of using a keyboard, he's got, I believe it's a Mellotron that mm. he's using that gives you that little warbly feeling going on in the background, and everything just builds and builds and builds, and you've got that delicate open the door, turn out the light, and that he's got that kind of feel in his throat uh, when he's um, when I nearly said Jimmy Page there. Jimmy Page, singing, of course, he's not. <laughs> no, Robert, when Plant. Robert Plant is singing. He, he sounds yeah. almost like he's on the verge of tears because he's got that. Mm. We've all cried before when you get that. <laughs> Go on. Like he's got that the entire time going through that song. And then after that Mellotron bit, and it builds and builds and builds. And then you get this beautiful, funky mm. little riff going on in the background that just keeps you rolling and rolling and rolling. I, say, I know I'm not looking at the chat, but if there's any Led Zeppelin fans in there, I'm sure they are all no, no, going, they're, why they're aren't just... you saying Led Zeppelin for you, long-haired hippie prince? Oh, no, they just basically want to know your voice, that's all. But, uh, yeah. they know really? Yeah. <laughs> Grant, Grant is Kinda like a smooth, know. fine whiskey. You take your time and you appreciate all he brings. Not even joking, that's word, that is literally word for word from Goodwill. 
I want that carving on my tombstone. In you fact, I don't want it carving on my tombstone. I want a recording of Sammy saying that. So that every day you just walk well, up and press it. And well, that's Sammy saying that. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> I'll, I'll say it in a better voice than what I just did because that sounded terrible. But yeah, I'll do that for you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I think the way I'm yeah, it, I, I know what you mean, though. Cause, but th- as a Led Zeppelin album, I think the album you're talking about that was the band's album. Where if you go to Led Zeppelin 4, that was very much a Jimmy Page and Robert Plant album. You, you don't listen to Led Zeppelin 4 because of the drums. You don't listen, you listen to it because Jimmy Page is fucking whacked. I'm sorry, but Jimmy Page on the fucking guitar is whacked out on some space age drugs. And that, I always I feel amiss to say I, I preferred the live albums as well because you always got different tastes and different things. Because he never played the guitar the same twice if he yeah. if you listen to any of the tracks he do if you go back even through squad through youtube listen to stairway to heaven his guitar solos changes them every single time he plays it doesn't matter where he is just because it depends how pissed he was how how much drugs he had or just if he felt like he wanted to fuck someone off that night sometimes yeah. he played it short sometimes he played it long if he was really pissed off he just wouldn't wouldn't stop playing it so they had to actually cut, cut off the song <laughs> half the time that's but, a uh, true that's a true artist though ah <laughs> oh, he was a bell end though to be honest Jimmy Page was one of the biggest bell ends in, in rock music ever gone even though he's mellowed out a bit now but like if you hear the stories like him and Robert Plant wouldn't have been nice people to be around I don't think <laughs> I remember he, it's in one of the, uh, the not an autobiography, but like a, a biography. Um, mm. This is a grim story. I shouldn't be telling it, but I don't <laughs> care. Um, the, in the late 70s, um, uh, John Bonham was in uh, a hot tub with a, a couple of groupies. Um, and he, he developed a little bit of an affinity for trying to put rather obscure things inside these ladies. Oh, um, gosh. He got a hold of a, a, a fish called a red snapper, and one of the girls in the hot tub was a ginger, and apparently he turned to her and went, it's time for this red snapper to meet that red snapper. Polly's <laughs> <laughs> face, man. <laughs> every single time Polly's on with I me, I get that face, red. I love it. I catch red snappers on, on animal cotton. Love it. Well, do you know what to do with them now? Do you want to put them, sell an album on Animal Crossing? I know, That's I how you do it. Sell them to the shop. You know what that guy in that place. shop's doing with them? Yeah. <laughs> He's got I'm a sure. room in the back broadcasting straight onto Pornhub Live. Oh. <laughs> but I know they made the, the film Almost Famous was based on uh, Led Zeppelin on the tours. Oh, so that was, that was like a watered-down version of how they were like, like, None of the band liked each other. Like honestly, they used to have so many feuds and stuff like that. But um, again, like I say, it's such a. As you said, my, if I was going to pick a Led Zeppelin album, it would have been four because of Black Dog, not because of Led Zeppelin, because of Black Dog Stand Down. It is one of the the most Led Zeppelin songs Sing ever. I'll oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've tried Michael Jackson. I'm not doing Robert Plant. <laughs> hey, Mama, said the way you move, gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. <laughs> yes, um, but that one is what I would say a Led Zeppelin band album where every, like, everyone gets to shine, not just yeah. Robert Plant or uh, Jimmy Page, which. Um, for a lot of it, uh, that was what a lot of the tension was for the early albums because it was all about them too. And you can tell, and it's not a bad album or a bad thing for that. It's just different. 
Oh. <laughs> it woke the horse up. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, great pick. I wasn't expecting Zeppelin. I, I tainted with it, but uh, it was like Led Zeppelin and uh, Leonard Skinner that was both on like on. But oh. if I was going to pick, if I was going to pick Leonard Skinner, it was going to have to be a best of album. I couldn't pick because there's too mm. many songs off different albums I love. That's true. Pick one. But yes, so it's great. Good awesome choice. Pepper. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so Kelly, no. choice number four. <laughs> Oh. Um, this band, this band had to be mentioned, but unfortunately, I mentioned twice the last time I was talking about, about music. But they're getting another mention because I love all their albums. Yes, it's the Arcade Fire. Um, this album was released in 2007. This was their second major album, and it's called Neon Bible. When I first heard it, I wasn't a big, big fan. However, I think in time, like, I really kind of grew towards it, grew on it, and uh, it's become one of my favourites. And um, this was, like, quite politically motivated, like, shaped by a dire political climate. And they actually bought a church to record the album in, which I thought was quite nice. Little, nice. And they do use a lot of, like, kind of orchestral churchy sort of, like, they use, like, a church organ for a lot of their songs on this album which is really cool. Um, and Charlie Brooker named his series after one of their songs, which is Black Mirror. I don't know if you were fans of Black Mirror. Sorry, I saw Charlie I Brooker it. two weeks ago. Um, I saw him in person. Um, he, did, he, told us, he told a story that... He, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was getting interviewed by Ramesh Ranganation. It was the most surreal thing I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> But Charlie Brooker is the most um, self-confident. He has no self-confidence. He was basically so nervous when he was doing this speech. He was looking at the ceiling while talking to us. But like, what an experience! But yeah, sorry, sorry to go off there. <laughs> no, no, don't. I absolutely love Charlie Brooker. Um, I love his comedy. You know, like you know the mm. when he had his weaky wipe and his yearly wipes and stuff like that. I think he's an absolute. You know, he mm. just really keys into the apocalyptic nature of the world right now and I just think it's quite you know poignant that he was like um inspired to name his series after the song and the song itself Black Mirror by the Arcade Fire is like really fucking hauntingly bleak it's full of fear and foreboding it's this black mirror that shows no reflection uh, which kind of like links to a reflection of society society has nothing to it it's just it's not even artifice, it's just nothing. Um, and what's really strange is a lot of sort of um, kind of foreshadowing as well. Um, I know a time is coming when all words lose their meaning. It's like fucking 1984 in like some form, you know, fucking fake news is kind of like coming into the ether at this point. Um, and another thing I love the Arcade Fire, and they do this a lot within their songs, um, because they're kind of Canadian and the French language is fucking beautiful and when someone's crooning it even better but um, yeah so Black Mirror was a good um, there's another song um, that I really fucking adore and this is all church organs it sounds like on first like listening because it, it almost sounds like a kind of a historical lament like proper feudal system you know soldiers going to war and shit um but obviously you know, we've how many fucking 
from what's going on right now, and especially recently, it's just it's, it's quite fucking well scary to say the least. But there's this line working for the church while the family dies, and it's just like it might not be the church, but it's like working for the system while mm-hmm. you die, and like fucking metaphorically, yeah. spiritually, physically, we're working to die, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And um, and was it just the the way? Um, when Butler like sings, um, he just sings with like so much emotion. It, it's like he's almost crying out. Uh, was it singing Hallelujah with the fear in your heart? So like praising the man, whoever's your, but like being so scared of what's going to happen or what's in store, like your family and stuff. But it's just the fucking ch- churchy organ. Oh, it's just. But it does seem like, you know, like the feudal system of like the fucking the dukes and that at the top and then everyone at the bottom, you know, like the fucking peasants get shit on. Nothing's changed in like all of history. And it's just really kind of, it seems old fashioned, but it couldn't be more fucking relatable to what's going on now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's one of my favourite chowns on there. Uh, there's another one. Um Fucking hell. I'm sorry sorry to interrupt you, Kelly. I'm just loving seeing how passionate you get. Your face, you look so happy. It's it's lovely to see. (laughs) Do you know what? It's really cack for Arcade Fire. Like, they released um, tickets for their tour, and I looked at their fucking, because they've got a new album out, and I'm I'm buzzing, I'm buzzing. (laughs) And I was saying, you know what? I don't think I'll say the don't think the money, blah 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 blah. And then I'll list <laughs> right the tickets were getting released the day after and they did a live show with uh, Steve Lamac on uh, Radio Six and it was before I was going to win. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening and they started singing, right? This live show and I, I started crying. And Adam's looking at us and I'm literally weeping as I'm listening to their music and he's like, Kelly. We're getting tickets tomorrow. I didn't care that I don't like them. I'm going with you. I'm so emotional right now. It would be a shame if we... Right, okay. So the next morning I said, right, tickets, pre-sale tickets released at 10 o'clock. I'll be in bed recovering after night shift. Are you all right? He's like, I'm on it. I'm on it. He wakes us up to like, because he's going to get the there. And I go, did you get the tickets? (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, we're still going to um, If it was standing, it would have been £120 each. Wow. Um, but we got seated. Yeah. Um, no, my God. We got t- yeah, we got seated tickets, which were 60, 60 each. That's um, not bad. So That's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing them for the Neon Bible tour at Newcastle. Mm-hmm. 20 quid. Yeah. Used to go, uh, how mint were gigs back in the day? How mint were gigs back in the day? You used to go to the record shops in Newcastle and buy, I've got hundreds of them in the box, paper tickets, paper tickets for about 20 quid. Um, Oh, all the sum here. So oh, my old. day, my day. <laughs> it's true though. You used to go like hot racks used to sell like tickets, like gig still, tickets. and They still do. But the, the gigs are so expensive. Actually, do you know what? The most expensive gig I've ever been to was the Chemical Brothers in Newcastle. I was off my face. Um, and I went to a scouter 
And this is when I had stupid money, no bills, no responsibilities, lived at home. I paid over £240 for a ticket to go and see okay, the Chemical now. Brothers. Yes. Yes. In Newcastle. I remember when, I remember when Leeds Festival was in. I saw them at free at Bloody Heron Park. <laughs> I mean, 80 quid for the Leeds Festival used to be, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was back in the day. But yeah, Arcade Fire, wow. Good Sorry. choice, Kelly, good oh, choice. No. One, one, one more thing for the Arcade, just one more song, one more song. It's one called my buddy, my buddy is a Cage. And it sounds a bit weird, but it's actually quite lovely. Uh, was it My Buddy is a Cage that keeps me from dancing from the with the one I love, but my mind holds the key. And it's just... I'm standing on a stage and it's just this idea of kind of, you know, performing, but not really being yourself, not really being true to yourself. But it's the fucking church. It's them, them churchy organs. The, the really, you can actually hear, I'm shivering thinking about it, because they bought that church for the acoustics. It was called the Petite Iglesia um, in Quebec. They bought this fucking church, fucking recorded the, the album and it just... If you haven't heard this album, I would advise you to just listen to one track. It would either be My Body is a Cage Intervention. They absolutely, it might not be your cup of Darjeeling, but everyone's got appreciation for a bit of cheeky church organ. Like, mm. that's how I'm going to end that one. Very nice. Awesome. <laughs> awesome themes. So, so back to Sammy for a fourth. fourth back to um, I am I am actually sporting the t-shirt of the band I'm going to go with next. It's a Misfits. But what album? I hear you say it. It's uh, from... <laughs> hey, game show, what Top middle and bottom. <laughs> but I'm wanting out of this policy. I want to be a presenter. So I'm kind of like trying to get little snippets of money joking. Um, I'm going with the 1999. It's one of the most... It's For me, it is the best Misfits album ever done. Doesn't have Glenn Danzig in it, thank fuck. Right. Um, it is Famous <laughs> Monsters. It is one of Paul. Honestly, I honestly think you would like it for the horror aspect in it. It's got Scream. Oh no, no, I, I, I do get the aspect. I just, I'm just never been a Misfits fan, and that's uh, always against me. I just no, no, it's, it's, it's my personal taste. choice. And I've always been intrigued by the Misfits. Like I think because I love punk rock very much, so I've always had an intrigue to them. And I always at work. This guy was um, doing, we used to buy CDs back in the day. And this guy was there uh, sorting us some CDs out from my car. And he went, I'm going to give you this one. You, I don't know how you're going to feel about it, but I know you love punk rock. I know you're intrigued by the Misfits. Give it a go. And it was Famous Monsters. And I have, I love this album so much. Um, it's got Scream on there. If anyone, Misfits, they, Scream's quite a popular song. Um, but The Forbidden Zone, Lost in Space, Crawling Eye, Saturday Night. I, me and Anthony wanted to use Saturday Night for our wedding, but there was no way that was going on. <laughs> uh, the song Pumpkinhead, mm. which has clippers from the film Pumpkinhead, which is what I sang oh, when, when Kev was um, talking about it. And then you got Die Monster Die. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a love letter to B-movies, basically. Yeah, no, and I'm it, not. Oh, it's just absolutely fantastic. It's, there's not one song in there that isn't upbeat. I mean, obviously it's punk rock, so there's like, it just, it has that, it has that 90s punk rock feel to it. I did not know this until today. I've always been convinced that Jerry Only was the uh, singer on this album. 
And he did do Crawl and I, the re-recorded that a few years later with Jerry only on vocals. But it was actually, um, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Mikhail Graves, who did the vocals. I had no idea that was that was him up until today. Um, I love this name, though, for the guitarist. Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to change my name to Sammy Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein. Just going to put it out there. But yeah, Jerry only oh, was on the, 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 having the Doyle. Having, <laughs> having uh, Adam Sandler flashbacks now. Oh, Doyle. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jerry only Galaxy on Galaxy High. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm trying to think of the theme tune for Galaxy High now. Is it Intergal? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, oh, you're going to do my head in with that now. <laughs> sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jerry only on bass and Dr. Chud. Dr. Chud, okay. Dr. Chud. But yeah, this album, it's it's on my playlist. Any playlist I have, it'll have at least majority of the songs on there. Um, the album's still in my car from what I got back in the day, the copy oh. of it. I love it. It is a brilliant album. Go and listen to it. Just so okay, it. I will give it a chance. I think it's one of the things I did try the Misfits when I was younger, and I think it might be in the time I like might not have been into that type of thing. But I know everyone's tastes do grow. I probably would go back to it. I probably heard the songs in lots of films and not even oh, realised it. No doubt, and Metallica do a lot of um, covers. Um, mm. I'm not a fan of the Glenn Danzig days. I can appreciate Glenn Danzig's. Like when I listen, like Vampire is one of my favorite songs, um, and that's got Glenn Danzig on there. Um, where Eagles Dare, like there's there's so many good songs with them on that I can kind of mm. get past him. Um, but this is the epitome of the misfits for me. Love it. Cool. That's my number four. Cool. Well, Savvy, just before you leave your number four, get yourself on No Dogs in Space. They've got a really good series about the misfits. I, th- I oh. think you might appreciate. No dogs in space. I guess yeah, that's a it's podcast. The guy, yeah, it's right. the guy from um, last podcast on the left. Um, uh, Marcus. Marcus, yeah, Marcus Parks, his And they're beautiful together, but they, they've done um, some really good stuff, like The Damned, Misfits, David Bowie, um, Iggy Pop really good series on that oh seriously look into it and also a really fucking good one on joy division really cool. really fucking good i got it <laughs> i got it um, I, I, I love marcus parks me and kelly are huge uh last podcast fans so i'm with you thank you i will give that a listen cool yes. very nice so on the journey of my musical life uh we've went through like said the early years the adolescence sam stole me teenagers with uh, a lot of small set so we're coming up to me getting introduced into a little bit more heavy stuff um this album was out in 1980 yes another 80s album you'll be surprised um i'm gonna try and be all seductive and sing this song as well so ladies this one's for you uh, <clears throat> don't you struggle don't you fight don't you worry, because it's your turn tonight. Let me put my love into you, babe. Let me put my love on the line. It's Let the first me part put your love in. into you, babe. Let me cut Let your you cake cut with your with my knife. So ACDC, back in black. That's the lyrics to back in black. <laughs> That's the intro. It's, um, 
That's the, uh, let me put my love into you. Let it's, me put my it was the beginning bit. It is. It says, don't you struggle, don't you fight, don't my you because it's your turn tonight. <laughs> I didn't, oh, didn't realise how bad the beginning was. I've, um, got to, I've got to rethink life. <laughs> it's an amazing song. Let me put my love into you, babe. Um, wow. tra- track number f- uh, three or five. But as an ACDC fan now, this was the first album I was introduced. And I know, like I said, being like I said, nerdy and stuff, I got Marvel fans are now loving ACDC thanks yeah. to Iron Man and stuff like that. But this album, track by track, if you like, like I say, I, I wouldn't call it metal. It's, it was like a mix up between a, a mashup of. Hard rock. 70s rock and starting to get there with metal. Um, just because of like say Angus Young on the guitar, like dressing up as a t- schoolboy and just being weird as fuck. But if you look at the track listings, like Hell's Bells, um, Let Me Put My Love in You, You Shook Me All Night. Fuck <laughs> me, what a song. Um, Shoot a Thrill, Back in Black Itself, <laughs> Have a Drink on Me, Give a Dog a Bone, Shake a Leg. Instant classics when you think of rock music and rock like icons and everything, like say, and like say, with, with the because I think I'm sure this was the one with uh, Bono Scott, wasn't it? Uh, or no, this is Brian Johnson, Brian Johnson, Brian, sorry, Brian, Johnson. Johnson. Brian Johnson, hell and he died, yeah. so this is yeah. the first album with yeah. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. That, that was right, that was the right, um, because like I say, Jordy singing as well, so again, nerdy up north, northerner. Uh, actually, actually, not so much a Geordie. His mum and dad lives lived just over the road from my grandparents. Um, he is from Shiny Row. Um, actually, he's from Pencher, but he is from my area. He his band Geordie was um, massive in the clubs round my area, and my auntie's working man's club was decked out in all of his ACDC stuff because he always come in to sign it. He's a lovely, lovely bloke. Like, you want to hear a, a funny one about that? Sorry, I don't mean. I'll, I'll stop after this one, Paul, because I'm a massive, <laughs> massive DC fan. Oh, don't I'm tempted worry. To get I, down I, there and raid me fucking vinyl collection and go, <laughs> yeah, look at this, look at this, look at this. <laughs> when they um when they initially went to see Brian Johnson uh, play with Geordie, um looking to replace Bon Scott, mm-hmm. um it said that they went and they checked him out at this gig and they were like, this guy is mental. He's running around the stage, he's rolling around the floor screaming his heart out and all the rest of it. This is the kind of front man that, that they want. And when they, they approached Brian Johnson um, a couple of weeks later to come and audition for them, they asked him why he wasn't doing all the stuff that he was doing when they'd seen him. And it's because when he was playing that gig with Geordie where they witnessed him doing what he did, he had appendicitis. <laughs> and he took his appendix first halfway through the gig. So he rolled around, he was rolling around in agony oh. um, doing all of his vocals and what happened. They'd gone, oh, this guy's amazing. And he just rocked up and was like, yeah, lads, you love it again. <laughs> but uh, so when, when I got introduced to this album, um, I don't think it was like Back and Black was the first song I heard. Like I think it was You Shook Me All Night. And like I say, when you hear riffs from songs, there's just some that get you, like you think, oh, that grown you. But this one from the first note, you're in. Like I say, dum, 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 dum. Like, and then there was an episode on, uh, like I say, uh, I know a show that Laura's watching at the moment uh, from the group uh, New Girl. It's in the final, like final episode, episode one, and it's between uh, like a, a little thing with uh, the two main characters, Nick Miller, and you just hear like uh, you shook me all right, 
uh, start the, the key thing and all of them's bopping around and dancing. As soon as you hear that song, you can't help but move. I'm sorry. Like I say, there's not many rock songs. You, you, fair enough, you tap your head. But then, like I say, you, you, you feel your whole body moving. Like I was in uh, Florida um, waiting for the Aerosmith ride to start and this came on. And the whole queue just to fucking, start fucking dancing, moving, shaking around to it. It was just like an experience. That is a queue you want to wait in, is the Aerosmith ride, because the songs that come out are absolutely banging. Really cool. <laughs> but yes, I absolutely love, like I say, this album. And this was, like I say, took me a little bit further on the like the rock journey, because I probably wouldn't get into bands like as like uh, Leonard Skinner or um, other like other them type of bands if it wasn't for the likes of ACDC or Guns N' Roses and stuff like that. They were my gateway drug to rock, basically. My mum was a huge fan of ACDC, but again, because mm-hmm. he has... I don't even... I generally don't think he is from here, but I know his parents ended up over the road from my grandparents because my granddad used to like telling us constantly <laughs> that that was Brian Johnson's mum and dad. And Dunstan originally. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, when me auntie's working man's club, it's not my auntie, it's my dad's auntie, but when the working man's club closed, um, she sh- she handed it over to new owners. He went for a final goodbye just to say they thank you for the support kind of thing. Yeah. Um, lovely guy. What, Doesn't sing I, for them anymore though, does he? Um, I don't think he can. I think he's like his throats. Um, I had problems with his throat, so he couldn't hit the notes anymore. But it was uh, his throat. It was his hearing, and apparently he is back recording. He just needed right. like a, a little bit of a sabbatical. All uh, right, uh, that's that's, kind, that's good. And what have you? Um, mm. Contrary to what everybody else in the world said when they did replace him, I loved the job that Axl Rose did singing for them as yep. well. Oh no, because um, mm. the one thing that uh, I adore ACDC. I, Fucking love them. The thing with John, obviously, back in black, they they had to do something magnificent because the singer had just died, and it's going to change the entire mm-hmm. vibe of your band. Yeah. But as much as I adore everything that they've done, I've always been more of a fan of Bon Scott, mm-hmm. and it never quite sat right listening to Brian Johnson singing songs like The Jack yeah. and Highway to Hell. And yeah. that kind of thing. And the one thing Axel Rose did is he did Bon Scott nearly note and tone perfect. So mm-hmm. you got to hear all of those Bon Scott tracks sung pretty much the way Bon Scott sung them. Whatever um, they wanted to do, yeah. That, yeah. No, I wasn't, like, say, when it said Axel Rose, I, I, I probably doubted it for a second, but then you realise the vocal range that Axel Rose mm-hmm. had, or um, still has, back then when he puts his finger out of his ass and decides he wants to yeah. like, perform instead of being the arsehole he Arsel. can be. Um but <laughs> um like I say I, I was very lucky. Like there's there's a few bands I've seen like I, I, I always try and see the ones I always want. But I saw uh ASADC at download. It was the year where they refused to play on the same stage as everyone else. So they had to erect a second main stage right next to the other main stage. They weren't. They, they wouldn't be on any of the advertisements or T-shirts. So you had like the download set list, but ACDC weren't on. You had to what? buy your own ACDC t- T-shirt. They just refused to share the limelight with anyone. Wow. But, but to be fair, it was hilarious because we watched uh, three crooked vultures like uh, Dave Grohl, um, bon, uh, oh. uh, the drummer from I've forgotten his name now. Uh, we're just talking about drummer from Led Zeppelin and. Uh, John Bonham, was it John Bonham? John Bonham, and um, 
Josh Horn. Oh, fucking hope not. He's been dead since 1979. Oh, no, it was his son. It was his son. Jason Bonham. No, it was his son. No, it was his son. No, it was his son. Sorry, his son, yes. And uh, Josh Horn was the singer. Um, yeah. So we went from watching, because the Three Crooked Vultures was the set before ACDC. So we had the full fucking crowd watching basically Three Crooked Vultures. And they went, right, bye. Neon Corp, because the whole crowd just went, vroom, <laughs> moved, moved over to the next stage. Literally, it was about 150 yards from, made it exactly the same, like, to the thing. But it was just come out with, like, all the ACDC stuff, like, um, the train come down, like, crashed through the stage, um, when they came on, like, Highway to Hell, a whole lot of Rosie, a big blow-up fat person come on, on thing, um, and that, like I say, it was absolutely amazing to experience, but seeing them live... Again, because you hear the albums, you think no way they're going to sound as good as like because some live bands don't. Like I, I saw Placebo live and I was a bit disappointed because his voice wasn't the same as when he was on the albums with the effects on. But yeah. um, seeing ASADC live was everything that you wanted it to be, and it was just an experience. Oh, that's amazing! I, I did not know this that Placebo is still performing. My Chemical Romance is playing in Middle Keynes at the moment, and they are the support act. And I got the shock on my life. I was like, "When did they? When did they come back? Did they? Did they ever leave? Where have I been?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did not know ACDC played at Download. It's such a like Ozzy played with Black Sabbath at Download. And he he was fine with the main stage. He absolutely ran circles around all the youngins. It was meant to see. Yeah, so that's my fourth pick. So one of our last picks now, guys. So here we go. Make it good. It's it's going to be emotional. Mine is. Telling you now. Get ready. (laughs) All right. So here's where one of the guests pulls out an album that none of you have fucking heard of. And you all go, (laughs) what the fuck are you talking about, Grant? But there is method to my madness. The artist that did this album literally changed the face of all music. Every single album that we have listed has in some way been influenced by a decision that this guy made in the late 60s. And because of that decision, it changed the whole course of how modern rock music is we'll get onto that uh, decision at the moment this guy you won't have heard of him but as soon as i tell you a couple of bits about him you'll realize that you have heard some of his stuff he is well regarded as probably the best rock and soul voice that england has ever performed he was now i'm going to say both here because i can't quite remember the fact he was either the first white musician or the first English musician to headline the New Orleans Blues and Jazz Festival. Right. Um, widely known under his nickname of Super Lungs. Um, <laughs> and he influences me just because he does what I do when I write songs. He writes songs and he writes albums when he fucking feels like it and he releases them when he fucking feels like it, which is why his back catalogue is not massive. Uh, the gentleman that I'm talking about is the English vocalist Terry Reed, and I'm talking about his fourth studio album, which is entitled A Seed of Memory. The name does now, not ring a bell. The name does not ring a bell for many people. Um, before we go into the little backstory bit, have we all seen the movie The Devil's Rejects? 
Yes. Yes, I have. I can actually say that. (laughs) Three of the tracks from this album are on the soundtrack to Devil's Rejects, and they all play at very, very pivotal points. Um, The first escape scene with the Firefly family when they're waving through the river, if I remember rightly, it cuts from one song to another, but the song that's playing there is Brave Awakening. I'll come back to that one in a moment because we're Northern as well, and that's got some Northern connotations. Um, The scene where they get jumped by the bounty hunters in the brothel, and get dragged outside uh, to be treated right from this album is playing in the background. And after that cataclysmic finale scene where they go driving towards the coppers and get shot down in a hail of bullets, Mm -hmm. when Freebird is playing, it then cuts to this beautiful, delicate piece of music as the the credits start rolling. It follows the road all the way out. Mm -hmm. That is the title track, Seed of Memory, from this album. Um, Rob what? Zombie definitely give this guy to say that he needed a leg up is probably not a thing. This guy's toured with the Rolling Stones. He's headlined the Isle of Wight Festival. He's one of the most well-regarded session musicians and basically the permanent support act, if you will, for a lot of the massive bands in the seventies. Now, I give him a big, big up here and how he changed the musical landscape. And this is why he changed the musical landscape, because in the late 70s, he was approached by a relatively well-known guitarist to form a band. And he'd gone, yeah, all right. You know, everybody says I've got a good voice. I'm up for doing this. But if I'm going to jump in this band with you, I want to play the guitar as well. And the guitarist went, no, mate, you're a good guitar player, but you're not as good as me. I just want you to sing. And he went, no, if I'm not playing the guitar, I'm not joining. He went, well, sorry, mate, but that's the way it is. He said, okay, then, I've got a mate over there that might be all right singing for you. His name's Robert Plant. <laughs> Jerry oh. Reed is the man that turned down the lead vocalist's position in Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. And wow. the musical landscape is what I mean about changing the musical landscape because the music would be different. The songwriting would be different. Everything that Led Zeppelin created and influenced in modern music would be intensely different if Terry Reid had taken that position. He's like the JFK assassination of music. <clears throat> to a certain it's, degree. Um, de- <laughs> you got to like wonder join that fucking band like what would have happened if you listen to this man he's got a voice that is good if not better uh than robert plant going through our track list and then i haven't mentioned much in the way of lyrics so far so i'll go for a couple of sets of lyrics here track list and we've got faith to arise um followed by the track seed of memory um like i say go and watch devil's reject seed of memory plays in its entirety all the way out and it is an absolutely gorgeous track um, I mentioned one that's a little bit northern. Um, Terry's family was from County Durham. Oh, and right. the next track on the album was a track called Brave Awakening, um, mm-hmm. which is about the coal mines shutting mm. down and the families not knowing what they were going to do. Uh, the first line is, uh, Mother, I fear for the laddies. The there laddies. ain't much more coal to go down <laughs> to. There ain't much more soul to get round to. Not mm. anymore. Um, mother, I fear for the laddies. Ain't much more soul to get round to. Lessening of companies that are finding things to bind to anymore. 
based, what are we going to do? The coal mines are shutting down. None of us know anything else except how to go down a pit and take a pickaxe to a wall and get mm-hmm. covered in coal dust and get emphysema and all the <laughs> terrible <laughs> things that happened. Um, but that's what it was about. So he wrote Brave Awakening to kind of, you know, enlighten people as to how it felt um, mm-hmm. being in the Northeast um, during that time. After that, we've got To Be Treated Right. Again, I've got some lyrics right here because it's one of my favourite lyrics of all time is the last line of this song. Um, and it is just about being nice to each other. I've been a proper hippie on this podcast. I'm you now, really are. Each other and being nice to each other and all this kind of bullshit. <laughs> instead of fucking sex I know. And we'll have to make up for it on Wednesday, I guess. Oh, just you wait yeah. for the band. Just you wait. Yeah. You're all going to have to mute yourselves. <laughs> so the, last, uh, the last verse of To Be Treated Right is, oh, mm. we are what we are when we're praying. In our own we in our own way of seeking some light, may the mission bell ring on the colourful dreams and the faith that everyone will be treated right. Mm. And that's just gorgeous. Just, you know, yeah. you know, all all I want, all we want, no matter what we no matter what we want out of life, yeah. what should preserve what should mm. be above all of that is that everybody else is yeah. being treated right. Um Terry Reed has got an amazing back catalogue. Like I said, mm. he has worked with pretty much every major session musician um, that has been going, as well as him having been a session musician as well. And his music is one of these things that kind of stands the test of time. I think it's on his second album. He wrote a song called Mayfly. Mm. Um, and Terry Reed's version of Mayfly is pretty much unheard of, but it was covered by... Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't be asked to look around for it. Anyway, the cover version <laughs> ended up going to number one in the British charts in the 60s. Yeah. Um, you know, the Brave Awakening has been covered a good half a dozen times, um, but he's also... Obviously, nobody's heard him. Well, you've heard him without hearing him. Yeah, one, I think that's oh, yeah. Yeah. some of the greatest, yeah. You realise yeah. he's, he's uncoverable yeah. because everything is so refined. Everything is so... Heartfelt and so unique, yeah. Uh, sorry, track list just quickly. Um, after that, oh baby, you make me feel so young, beautiful, mm-hmm. upbeat. Yeah, I've got a girl and she makes me feel like I'm young again. You know, who doesn't mm-hmm. love that feeling? Um, the way you walk. After that, again, that is about walking, watching said girl wander away from you and watching all those lovely bits. Do what they're supposed to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> the frame again, nice kind of upbeat rock track. You know, no frills, just Terry's voice doing what it does, and then uh, ends on a relatively epic song, um, especially for the the time that it was written because it's seven minutes and twenty seconds long. Um, you know, nineteen seventy six. You did have a good few prog artists out there doing crazy thirteen, fourteen, fifteen minute songs, <laughs> but it's still long by song standards. Yeah, wouldn't certainly. get played on the radio. And yeah. um, fooling you is it's about heartbreak. Hmm. it's about what you go through when you've been fooled, when you've been upset, when you've been taken advantage of, so to speak, and making the promises (laughs) that uh, you're not trying to fool somebody to try and put somebody's mind at ease, that you're you're not like everybody else, Um, which, again, I'm sure we can all feel. Uh, That is about it for Terry Reid, to be perfectly honest. It's... 
totally yeah. Go and listen to it. <laughs> find oh. it. Listen to it. Do nothing else. Download the uh, the Devil's Rejects soundtrack or find it on Spotify. Yes. And Watch the Devil's Rejects. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Well, to, be, to be fair, though, this is the reason why when we mentioned this subject, I wanted Grant on, even though I knew it was going to be intimidating as fuck, because I'm not nerdy about music as much as other people. I like... I, I, well, no, because like your knowledge, like I've spoke to you about music before. I've I've sat in the pub, pissed as a fart, listening to you talk about music. So I know how it gets to you. And like, so I knew the cert. We weren't just going to get metal. I yeah. knew that for a fact. I knew. Yeah, everything. I had a fi- I had a feeling it was going to be different. But um, like I say, I just wanted like cause I can't talk about things that way. I can just talk how it made me feel. But mm-hmm. that that was that was absolutely beautiful. So thank you for that, Grant. Thanks. Cheers, man. Thanks, Grant. <laughs> just oh. wait. Wednesday, Wednesday we'll go back to normal, I promise, Grant. We will. The debauchery <laughs> will be back. Everyone's a dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not until Wednesday though. Wednesday. Not until yeah. Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, so lovely Kelly. Oh yes. My last pick. Right. Okay. Um <laughs> this fucking Stevie Nicks. <laughs> Attention. <laughs> um, 
So, um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and they're lovely. They really are lovely. Um, you've got like Kim Dale on there. Kim Dale is just fucking beautiful. You've got Gigantic, which is just absolutely lush. And then obviously, you know, going on with Regal's Cannonball and that, she's just got an absolutely lovely set of lumps on it. Um, but for me, it'll always be like Black Francis. And I remember when I was listening to him, you know, when you kind of have in your mind how you think a person's going to look, I always used to think he'd have that kind of like um, Jack White sort of weird sort of look about him, that weird mm. sort of edge. And then I just saw like little tubby man. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, fancy that. That, that's that wow um, <laughs> one of my favorite songs on there is called tony's theme and it's basically this is a song about a superhero named tony this is called tony's <laughs> theme and it's just so jingly bad, bad, like a pony my name is tony it's fucking great it's just insane it's fun you can dance to it it's just oh it's absolutely lush man yeah. Um, but I had the absolute, oh, it's, just, it's amazing. I mean, I could like talk about so many songs on there. I'm not because if you want to listen, listen to it, you know. Um, but it just leads me on to say, uh, if I had a book, I mean, four uh, of the five um, albums that I've chosen, I've seen like the bands of four of them and I've seen Pixies. I saw them at Leeds Festival. Me too. Kim Dale was with them. So, and uh, I think that was the year of uh, Karen O's back in the yeah. year, yeah, yeah, like, anyway, and I remember I was standing watching them and, you know, where my mind came on, you know, I was swimming in the Caribbean and I was just like, my arms were in the air and I was just like, uh, I was on no drugs, but <laughs> fuck me, oh. I felt in very different, experience, very different experience than when I saw them because I was all over to hell eating beans and <laughs> uh, mashed tea on the field, and I was like, "They're gonna, they're gonna send us out of the edge." I was like, "Leanne, we're gonna have to go and do some shopping or something here." I says, "I can't. I'm, I, I, something serious is gonna happen." Either were terrible. I'm sorry, my sister's fiance hates me for saying them words. By the way. <laughs> We'll find out a lot of bands that Sam hates tonight, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't hear the Pixies. It was just that experience was horrendous. <laughs> I always like the Pixies because it reminds us of the, of the lad I used to work with, Kevin Gibson. Um, I, I call him uh, Kev the Tramp because he used to look like... He doesn't look like a tramp anymore. Kev the used... Tramp? What a name! Because uh, <laughs> he used to look like a tramp. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, he adored the Pixies, and he used to when I used to work at uh, like I said a small design company in the town, and like during his lunch breaks and stuff, he used to play the Pixie songs on his guitar and stuff. But he's the one that got me into like certain music, and I'll probably be talking him a little, talking about him a little bit next my next pick as well. But awesome. uh, like I said, just every time the Pixies get mentioned, I just remember Kev the Tramp. Sorry, Kev the Tramp, <laughs> Kev the Tramp, <laughs> Kev the Tramp. <laughs> Good with nicknames. So I was so pleased. I was so pleased. I saw them with Kim Dale because they came out and like outsourced songs and album, but Kim wasn't with them. And I was just like, Do you know what? I'm so glad I saw them with the original lineup. I mean, Joyce Santiago is just absolutely incredible on the guitar. Um, but what I just like about them, they're just like a bunch of mates making tunes. You know what I mean? And it wasn't everyone's It was just. It was. Um, you know, one of the one of my favorite songs. It was on um, 
the extended version of this album, Seven Rose, and Levitate Me. And it's just absolutely fucking incredible because it's like kind of chanting, um, Levitate Me. Oh, oh, just, oh, it's just fucking, it's, it, he says, was it Elevator Lady, Elevator Lady? I'm just like, fucking yes, this fucking man. <laughs> it just gets me jiving and stuff. And it's just his voice, his voice. It's just, it's, I can't explain it, but there's just something about his voice where it's just, it gets me right there and it really gets the trebles down. Right? Oh, that's, gotcha. that's my kind of uh, scale of like kind of music that I like. If I get yeah. the trembles, it's a Kelly Trembles <laughs> scale now. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Trembles! Who's <laughs> 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 Paul? Less. No, great pick, great last pick. Yeah. Cool, Sam, you've got to live up to the, the, the two that's just gone. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would like to think so. Um, this is a, almost an unusual, I don't want to say unusual, but I don't know if you think I would pick it. Um, he is one of my favourite artists. Um, he's a man whose voice will never be replicated, not even by him. He always sang the same song, uh, different every time. Um, it's from 2002. It is called, it's part of a series, actually. It's Johnny Cash, American Four, When the Man Comes Around. Oh. And now I know there's not so much of an original co- recording on here. Every song is a cover. It's a cover, yeah. It's a cover, but mm. who gives a shit yeah. when you are delivering the songs like uh, hurt. When personal when, hurt. When, yeah, when Trent Razor comes out and says it's not their song anymore, it's Johnny yeah, Cash's song. It's Johnny Cash's, yeah. <laughs> you got hurt, you got personal Jesus, you have bridge over troubled water with a Fiona apples. It is one of the most beautiful. The, I love the original. Mm. I love this. Oh, definitely. Um, and first time, first time I ever saw her face, cried my eyes out at that song every time I hear it. Um, and also, what was this? It was, um, oh God, there's so many to this the list. Um, but When the Man Comes Around, which is the first song on there, you are listening to, you're listening to a man who literally died in a year after this was recorded. Who was the producer? Because it wasn't Johnny Cash's idea to make this. Someone no. came to him with it. I'm I sure it was. I'll oh. find out for you. Um, but it was, it's part of the, the America series. Yeah. Um, and I've wrote notes here because I didn't I always assumed this was America 5 hmm. I don't know why I was always under the impression it was America 5 until I like got my albums out and I was like oh shit actually it's number 4 um, yeah. 5 and 6 were actually released after he died Yeah, no, I already record them um, hang on America 4 producer producer what any dead air um, Rick Rubin Rick Rubin, that was it. Because I remember him, because he went, because I did an interview after Johnny Cash passed, and he went, what was the idea behind it? He went, I had an idea that Johnny Cash could sing these songs. Yeah. So I went to Johnny Cash, do you fancy doing it? And he went, I've got nothing else better to do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It was also John Carter Cash as well, who was the producer on here, so his son was involved in it. Um, But you can hear in these songs, it's such a range because, like I say, he died a year after this. He wasn't well. June wasn't well. And that had a massive effect on Johnny because he, you know, he he died four months after her. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I swear, I always swear it was by for a broken heart. But when you listen to Hurt and you listen, even when the man comes around, there's some, you know, cracks in his voice. But then you've got Streets of, I don't know if I want to pronounce this right, Streets of Ladeo. And he sounds no different than he did when he did Walk the Line in what, mm-hmm. 1964? It's, it's, it's yeah. so strange. I, I love it because it didn't like, because a lot of artists, when they get older, they put certain effects and stuff like that. On not there's even. not a, nothing, and as you said, when you heard hurt, even when you heard hear hurt now, it still feels raw. It still feels new, and it takes you back. Like again, I, no one can cover that song. I don't yeah. even think Nine Inch Nails can could do the song any because I used to love the song as when Trent Reza sang, sang it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And then do you know when I first heard it was Eddie Guerrero's tribute act? Right, was when because that came on as his like tribute video. Um, and I was like, I'm sure I have Amer- I'm sure I have this album somewhere. And that's when I got it out. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, it's breathtaking. You there's just like I say, you can't you can't determine that this man is ill yeah. only in certain aspects. I love and I you know why I know it's gonna sound so stereotypical, but I love listening to Johnny Cash because he sounds like when he sings the most angry person yeah. that's singing ever. And even though his voice is beautiful, it's tonally amazing, it's just got that raw anger and you can tell you can feel it behind there. Yeah. Even if you're singing a happy song, it's just pure the best, brutal. The best part about Johnny Cash is he never sang the same song the same twice it was always different and um, it may have been played the same but the way that he sang it either the pitch or the tone or even just the tempo it was never ever sounded the same and that's how Joaquin Phoenix got away with singing Johnny Cash in the film because it was never going to be the same song as what he did because he never did the same song it was just I love them I, I honestly I found a love for him when I'm not going to lie when the film came out um, and it just start, and it really did start from there. I bought um, the America series up to four. I was in Florida. I watched it in Florida. Um, remember the you know the big Virgin Megastore? Mm-hmm. Literally bought the movie soundtrack. Walk Walk the Line from 1964. Mm-hmm. False in Prison. You know the new name it. I got it, and I absolutely fell in love with this man. But it wasn't until I was thinking. Do I go with a Dolly album or do I go with the Johnny Cash album? And America Four will always stick out in my head for us because the I'd the songs... always go for Dolly. Yeah. <laughs> just for the reason. <laughs> um, just the, the songs in it, like the, the first song out the bat when the man comes around has me geared up like I'm fucking yeah. listening to Johnny Cash. And then Hirsch I comes know. in <laughs> and you hit the, the man face. comes around man comes around i will always think of the remake of dawn of the dead and mm. i think that is one of the yeah. best intros yeah. they were fucking film that's a remake ever where it's got like the news reports and mm-hmm. his song and just like the shadow and the oh, oh my god even think about tremble factor tremble factor i'm thinking about it and i'm trembling it's just yeah. it's just yeah. oh god it's beautiful it's, 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 yeah it's up it's up there with uh, the watchman yeah yeah, it's up there with the Watchmen opening for like perfect openings for films. Uh, just sets the tone of the film perfectly. Yeah, That's but uh, uh, yeah, but trying to, uh, I can say, dare, dare, mm-hmm. I dare anyone to try and watch the music video as well for Hurt. It's hard mm-hmm. watch, 
it's 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 a beautiful song but like if you've got to take a few seconds or minutes afterwards yeah. just to bring yourself back to like normal <laughs> the whole say. album the whole album can be a really hard listen to mm-hmm. um just because of you know mm-hmm. his age like you're not yeah. listening you're not listening to him living it up in Folsom prison anymore you're listening to a man who is incredibly poorly mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. essentially and <clears throat> He's he's give, he's still got heart and he's still got that he's still got that fucking voice that mm-hmm. gets you every time. Honestly, I've been listening to this album over the last like couple of weeks, and yeah. I'm, I've guaranteed I've cried at least once. Oh, also, he did an amazing version on this album of "We'll Meet Again." I swear to God, listen to it puts a smile on my face every time. Mm-hmm. Couldn't I couldn't believe it when I put it on the other week and I was like, how the fuck did I forget this one? brilliant but yes that's my final choice sticking yeah. with this oh, well done so mine's probably the most predictable choice of all shall we say you can't it, have the goonie soundtrack i was no. just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I literally opened my mouth there. <laughs> cindy Lauper's time uh but girls just want to have fun um no um basically anyone who knows me knows i through the years, I've adored this band. I've seen them many a times. Um, like I say, I've had a lot of special moments, like seeing or having this certain songs played. Um, again, this was their second album that came out. Um, like I say, one of the songs, like I say, was that was that mine and Nick's uh, first dance song. Um, it's like I say, the the words in it is just. Like say I adore so if every, uh, if everything could so I'll start again I'm getting emotional now if everything could ever be this real forever if anything could ever be this good again the only thing that I'll ever ask of you you'll you've got to promise not to stop when I say when she sang um so yeah ever long um but color and shape the Foo Fighters album because I do Beautiful. love everything well. Most of the songs that the players have done, uh, like up until lately, but the first album that he released, I know he did everything himself. That was very much still in the tracks. It, it felt very much of a Nirvana album, but this yeah. is when it started to transition away from Nirvana and become the, a Foo Fighters album. Yeah. Um, and the songs on it, like I say, when you listen to it, and again, Kev the Tramp uh, got us into the Foo Fighters. <laughs> Uh, give us a bootleg CD and he actually got his tickets. I think it was at Newcastle. I think it was only 20, 20 quid a ticket uh, back then to see the Foo Fighters at Newcastle uh, Arena. Mm-hmm. And that was my first ever live band I saw live just as I was turning 18. So it was me, uh, I was 18 or 20. Oh. I, was, I can't remember. It was, it was, it was my last, I think it was um, the last days of my teens, I think. I'm not sure. But um, seeing them live, I've seen them live many a times, but mm-hmm. If you look at the colour and shape, like from track to track, again, I keep talking about like say when you listen to like certain albums, like I know when we talked about like this during the week, I was saying, Oh, can we do a greatest hits? Because my favourite Foo Fighters of that album officially is Skin and Bones. Because mm-hmm. it's one track it is a best of, but it's like one track of them doing the normal stuff. But then the second CD is all the acoustic ones. Yeah. And I think his songs as well is is rare because they work well as a rock song, but they also work so well as acoustically or softer as well. Like ac- acoustically, uh, my hero and um, like say Everlong 
is up there with some of the best songs you would ever hear. Mm-hmm. In my 100%. opinion. No, I, um, but um, like I say, Everlong just has that moment, like I say, because me and my wife spent, sent that moment. So it does take us mm-hmm. back there every time. And it's so poignant as well, because I wanted that moment to be Everlong as well. Um, oh. <laughs> but um, I think we're all going something with the, the last picks as well. So. What is going on? <laughs> but, uh, Can like, say something? <laughs> but yeah, but like I say, massive gaping <laughs> pussies. <laughs> but saying that though, like going there from Monkey oh. Wrench to uh, like my hero, February Stars, walking after you and knew we were home. Like say, uh, hey Johnny Park, even dolls. Like say, up walking there. <laughs> Um, is just like say when you listen to a Foo Fighters album, like I know the Foo Fighters are massive now, and probably the sad thing is we'll never probably get yeah, to see them live, live due to what's happened. Um, I don't think Dave will will no. get the band back together. Um, and some like say I've seen them uh, play at Sunland, like say when they yep. played at Harrington Park. Uh, we didn't think they were going to go live because Dave was thought, but it. Done it. Um, like I said, one of the greatest gigs I've ever been to is at Manchester Arena, where um, they played the half the set. Uh, like I said, it was just be. It was a. Uh, was it? I was in in your honour tour, so they played like come off on stage, played all the big hits, and for some reason there was a big circle in the middle of the crowd, and you didn't know what it was. I know they had a big uh, like walkway where Dave used to run along and play the guitars, and all of a sudden he just ran all the way along. And then a second stage come down from the rafters in the circle and they had all the acoustics uh, instruments. So he oh, stopped playing like the heavy stuff. So he started ever long, full on playing the electric guitar. The stage come down, but you're watching Dave. He runs all the way along and the band <laughs> follow him. And then they finish ever long acoustically. And it's something oh. I've never seen before. And it was just so, well, it's so obvious now you think about it, but when you're there live and you experience it, it was just magic. That's a, that's a moment. That's a, yeah. that's a, such a powerful moment. Mm. I've seen them twice, Harrington Park with everyone else. Um, yeah. And I saw them at Leeds. Same yeah. year the Pixies played. It was, mm. it was excellent. Yeah. Mm. But uh, like, see, I, I always like the foods when they tour and because they always do like a secret small gig at a small pub. So if you, <laughs> if you know someone like um, they played a, I think it was Leeds a few years ago when they weren't headlining, but they played a small tent just to test out a few of the songs. It's just like little things that the band does. And I know they had the one of the worst horror films out this year. That Studio 666 film was absolutely dreadful, but it was just entertaining to see Dave and them have fun. Um, but again, I know we've had the, tra- watch it. <laughs> <laughs> the tragedy this year, would, yeah. like say, unfortunately happened, but like even um, like Taylor's song, what when uh, called in the song, son. I know it's not on this album, but when Dave loosens the reins, because even within himself, the band is a dictatorship. He plays the music he wants to play, and it's all about him. And yeah. he, he never shares. Like say, he took after Kurt, shall we say? <laughs> he, he learned from Kurt Cobain, where the, Kurt Cobain didn't let. Like say any of the Nirvana have a say in the music, it was all he how he wanted them to play. Yeah, and that's how Dave's been all the way through years, and it served them well. But I think when the Foo Fighters got big was during Live Aid. No, no, it wasn't. Sorry, it was the Diana concert. Uh, they played live at Wembley Stadium. Oh, and all right. That's when people like well, maybe not the US, but people in the UK kind of took yeah. took, took notice of them a bit more, and that's when they become less of a like arena band and a stadium band. 
because mm-hmm. that's what they are now. You wouldn't be able to see the Foo mm-hmm. Fighters in an arena. It has to be a stadium. But yeah, yeah. one of my absolutely unbelievable um, albums um, that changed how I viewed music because mm-hmm. it wasn't just noise then. It became a bit more. It's Yeah, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Totally get it. What a, what a list. <laughs> what, 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 a, what a fucking episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> myself for the amount of stuff that I've left out. Can I shout out a quick honourable mention here? Of course. I mentioned one oh. of my favourite vocalists of all time. I couldn't pick an album out from this guy because most of his albums were covers and comedy, but the Mr. Entertainment, Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, um, yes. I literally trawled through everything that I have thinking, can I pull out a Sammy album? And the only one I could find, I've got Sammy Davis Jr. live at the Coco Club in Las Vegas with the Buddy Rich Orchestra. For anybody that knows music, Buddy Rich is the greatest drummer to ever walk the face of the earth. And just talking about Sammy has given me goosebumps. When I listen to him sing Mr. Bojangles, Mm -hmm. I genuinely, honourable mention to Sammy Davis Jr., yeah, I want to get one out there because it was one I wanted to add, but I couldn't fit it in. Um, the Nirvana live album. Um, the MTV the one, the Unplugged one. Absolutely fantastic. Like, say, even Kurt singing. Um, man like, say, the Man Who uh, Stole the World is that, one of the greatest covers ever. And uh, uh, that, the one with, my girl, my girl, don't you lie to me. Where did you sleep last night? My wife, Nick, sings that to the cat when the cat doesn't sleep. Oh, oh, lush. And she sings that to the cat on the morning. But uh, lush. like I say, there were so many albums I wanted to mention. Like, uh, who were doing best of, I, I know it's probably not cool to pick the Beatles, but the Beatles, um, like the one album, like mm. that one when it came out, that was a special album for me. Um, Elvis' greatest hits. Um, oh, like I said, going through them. Uh, uh-huh. Queen. Queen's multiple uh, greatest hits albums. Genesis. 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 Genesis was greatest hits album was in my on a tape in my mum's car, and mm. I had a fight to have that bitch put on there. Had yeah. a fight against Simon and Garfunkel and bloody Boy George and Soul to Soul, but I won. Yeah, but well, like I decided to go for like kind of like the story of me life. Shall we say? <laughs> yeah, you have, and I love it. I love the fact that you've done it that way. Um, I just, I just thought I can't. I don't want to. Music can sometimes come across as a bit pretentious to people. Like Kelly, Kelly said it perfectly earlier that she didn't make choices based on the fact that she was trying to big herself up. Like she likes what she likes, and she's not yeah. in it for anyone else. And sometimes it can get like that. Like you, you can, you mm-hmm. almost sometimes you can almost feel slightly ashamed of the music you listen to. Me personally, never. I know yeah. that my music choice is shit, but it's yeah. my music choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm not asking you to listen to it or get in my headphones. So mm-hmm. sit down. There we go. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, though, this is probably the most nicest episode we've been to each other. So well done, guys. I know. Yeah. I know. Well done, everyone. Um, and yeah. Grant will be back to normal on Wednesday for our alien review. So normal service will resume. Yeah. And um, the 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 view count did go up when you said vaginas. So well done. Thank you. Of course it did. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we wrap this thing up? Because it has been fun, but I have work in the morning. So, yes. So next week, next week, we've got an interesting one. So uh, we've got two episodes in one week, guys, because we're finally going to get around to talking about Alien. Um, Does that mean I get to make my list of movies to do the next review? Does it? Does it? 
You do indeed, but yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull rank and I'm going nope. to finally, no, get, finally get to talk about the goodies one time, so I'm going to do that soon as well. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but we will give the vote, we'll so we'll, we'll give you a choice, though. Um, and then we are joined by our first time uh, podcaster. He's uh, going to be in full cosplayer as well, so we have the goodwill uh, that is haunting yep. our chat is coming to talk about Yay. Star Trek. Yep. So, if you if you watch Twitch uh, on Tuesday night, Goodwill joined me and Jake, and it was absolutely hilarious. Can't wait for this. Looking so yeah. forward to it. So Charlotte and Goodwill will be talking about all things the Trek, uh, and also then after that, the week after that, uh, books the movies. So we've got a, a bit of a full lineup coming home soon. So again, thank you everyone who's joined the chat. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping to do a Q and A session, but. It's been a long ass episode, so I do apologise. Uh, maybe, maybe just do an episode for QA soon. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> please follow us on, like, say, all the platforms now. Uh, I'm sure Grant uh, and Jake and Goodwill and Sam will be twitching it up soon. I know we have me and um, me and Jake's talked about doing a, a speed run contest see who can who complete sonic the fastest uh that's gonna be fun for you guys i'm not getting involved in that (laughs) that'll be uh, on the twitch soon who when we're gonna arrange it but yeah um like i say charlotte's book club this month it's all about uh graphic novels and comics Mm -hmm. uh kev sorry i haven't mentioned charlotte's feet this episode so hashtag charlotte's feet um and yes He's, he's really upset that you made us cry too well, that's fine. Uh, so, guys, thank you. Like I say, that was a bit of a special one. So, Brilliant. made us made a smile. And uh, thank you, as always, Kelly, for looking as crazy as ever. So, always good. <laughs> but yes, uh, same bat time, same bat channel, guys. Stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. 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 Some fingers have stopped working now. <laughs> <laughs>